Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Talk by Chance. We're to talk all things movies, television, streaming, uh, sports occasionally. All that good stuff. And today, for really no reason, we are, well, one reason, we'll get to in a second, we are looking at 1987's Masters of the Universe. You hold up that DVD, Russell, to our audience who's listening to this and can't see it. But yeah, we're looking at Masters of the Universe, and the reason we're doing this is because, you know, I have a buddy on the show today. He's someone who I've gotten to know very well over the past uh, past year. Uh, he's super knowledgeable about movies. In fact, he was the... He w- at one point was the singles movie tradition champion of the world. Adam Collins. Adam, how you doing tonight, buddy? I have the power. <laughs> the movie may or may not. We'll get we'll get we'll get to that later. <laughs> but yeah, man, stoked 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 to have you on. We haven't had very many guests this year. It's been a very guest light year so far. But we're happy to, happy to bring you. Happy to bring on you know fellow corruption member. Oh, it's my pleasure, and you know, uh, I, I'm I'm just so glad I could help you guys reconnect with this classic film. Um, so classic, in fact, that Russell still has the cardboard clamshell case, which yeah. I also own. But they have since re-released it on many forms of Blu-ray, which I, uh, you know, I mean, how much more could you really polish this movie up? But, but n- n- uh, none we'll of which, we'll none of which, that. none of which are region free. None of which are region free. There is no. no region one release of this movie on Blu-ray, but we'll get but to that, that later. That clamshell DVD has got our backs. Yes, it does. Thank, does. thank God for physical media. Speaking of physical media, Adam, you're a big fan of physical media, as 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 we, as we as we are. Now, Adam, what if we told you there was a service that hooked you for a low monthly price, hooked you up with a box full of physical media? Like like those like those uh, those box subscriptions you I used to do that for like a horror memorabilia company. It was very addictive. Well, there is one now, and that is our sponsor for the for this episode. This episode is sponsored once again by Loved Again Media. Russell, why don't you tell us about Loved Again Media? Yeah, Loved Again Media kind of just with Chance said it focuses on like secondhand uh, physical medias such as like obviously like DVDs. You have like vinyls, video games, stuff like that. Basically, what they do is they refurbish it and they bring you a box subscription. So for, I think, $19.99, you can get a subscription box of 10 basic DVDs or you can up it to Blu-rays, whatever your tier is. And using the code Notorious, you can get yourself $10 off those subscription boxes. So uh, definitely want to thank them for sponsoring the uh, podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, you can go check that. Like I said, go check Love Day Media, promo code Notorious, get $10 off your first order. As always, we always appreciate the sponsorship on this show. But now we get now you know now we're done we're done being you know corporate shills we are now moving on to the real stuff. Starting with our first segment, our, uh, we're talking with off our trailer talk. We have a lot of difference to talk about today. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. First of which is I think it's an ideal ideal panel to talk about this fatherhood. Considering we have two people who are fathers and one who <laughs> hopefully isn't. I might have might have a kid out there somewhere. I don't know, but I'm ho- I'm hoping no. Uh, Fatherhood is the latest Kevin Hart film. This one bypassing theaters altogether. This one's going to Netflix. I guess you know. I guess they saw the Adam Sandler deal. I got to get me some of that. Uh, it's basically about uh, Kevin Hart who plays a father who, you know, recently widowed father, struggling to raise his raise his daughter. Features Kevin Hart, uh, Alfred Woodard, Laurel Howery, and oh shit, Anthony Kerrigan's in this <laughs> from from fucking oh my god. Ah, Barry from Barry, yes, and Bill and Ted face the music. Uh, Adam, you're a guest. So what do you think of the trailer for Fatherhood? 
Well, I'll be honest. Ever since I had a kid of my own, um, I'm a sucker uh, for, uh, you know, uh, father-daughter stories, especially, you know, uh, any, any, you know, parental stuff in movies gets me a lot more nowadays. Um, but, but this, this looks very promising. Uh, you know, I'm, I have nothing against Kevin Hart. I know a lot of people, like, he's gotten some backlash, I think, which has been a little disproportionate just because he's, he's an oversaturated, oversaturated actor. So that's not his fault for being successful. He has certain movies that are not great, but I don't hold that against him. He's working. This looks very promising. It looks like he's really trying to sharpen up his chops. Uh, I'm always up for Alfre Woodard and anything, so I let, I'm thrilled to see her in it. But the trailer, the trailer gave me a lump in my throat once or twice. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I am definitely going to tune into this one on Netflix. Um, speaking for myself. All right, Russ, what do you, what do you think of the trailer? As also a father, what do you think of the trailer for Fatherhood? Yeah, kind of what Adam said, man. I think these movies at, at this stage of the game in our life, I think, hit you differently than it would, obviously, maybe like 15 years ago. Um, especially with the father-daughter, obviously, me having a daughter. I think it's just one of those things where you, you kind of have an instant bond to the film already without actually having to see it. Um, yeah. But I do think that Kevin Hart's really trying to move into the more serious side of things. Obviously, with the upside, we saw that he could actually be, break away from the stereotypical... Uh, we're going to use Kevin Hart in pure comedy. I mean, we saw a little bit more serious comedy. But again, I think he uses the same type of uh, tropes in this film. But I think uh, overall, I think it's it's one of those films that I, I definitely want to check out, especially with the uh, convenient release right around uh, Father's Day. I think that's where they're really trying to aim for the dads and uh, to, to, to view this, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it looks fun. Like I said, I do think that he's, try- like he's, tr- he's trying to break away. From the you know yeah. the, the, for being the short guy that yells a lot, so I give, I give him props for, for that for that one you know for that move. Uh, except for a Netflix release and supposedly um, ba- and su- supposedly based on a true story. Oh, yeah, that's right. No, that. that's right. That it's, interesting. I saw that based on a true story, but the guy it's based on is white. Uh, the guy it's based on looks nothing like Kevin Hart. I mean, it, I, they must have said inspired by them. Inspired by, <laughs> <laughs> very loosely Loose, based. Loosely yeah. based on yeah. This this is how I see the story. Yeah. You see yourself as a short, muscular black man? What? I don't see color in this story. <laughs> I don't see color or height or, or age. Uh. Might need to go see a doctor, sir. You may be legally blind. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Fatherhood is set for a release on June 18th. I think it's, yeah, it's June 18th, 2021. Uh, next show we're talking about is for Stillwater. And no, this is not the spinoff of the band from Almost Famous, which is why I'm a little disappointed by it. But the thing looks, still think looks sweet regardless. So this is another movie by Tom McCarthy. It's been pretty quiet after a spotlight win, let it do one best picture, and then has had literally one other movie since then. It's Timmy Failure on Disney+. Plus. That's the only thing he's done since, win- since winning best picture. Uh, but this one stars Matt Damon as he's an oil worker in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He finds out his daughter, get a load of this, his daughter has been uh, imprisoned for commit for maybe committing a murder. So it's basically about his quest to like try and go exonerate her. And again, Russell, you actually came to me with it with this trailer because you saw it before I did. What, what, what do you think of the trailer for Stillwater? I liked it. That's obviously why I chose it, just because I like Damon in this role. And, I mean, we grew up with Abigail Breslin, so it's kind of crazy to watch her really just mature throughout her career already. You know what I mean? It's hard to believe she's almost 30. Um, you know, she's, she's the, the little she's girl crazy. from Little Miss Sunshine, you know what I mean? So it's kind of crazy to see her uh, career really just take off. But uh, I think the 
again, I just think, again, it's almost kind of a parent-type film, again, with, like, the father trying to, you know, fight for his daughter's freedom. I think, you know, anybody having a kid would do the same exact thing, so you kind of put yourself instantly in that situation, and, um, I mean, you would do anything you possibly could to to do that. So, obviously, uh, it was one of those ones where I just, I, I really like Damon as an actor, and I just think this movie looks really good. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he got it because I think Bradley Cooper said no because it totally feels like a Bradley Cooper character. But yeah. I, do, I do, I do like Dan. Adam, what do you think of Trevor Stillwater? Uh, I, I, you know, um, I appreciate Matt Damon. You know, playing that Middle America role. Uh, he packed on a couple extra pounds for this. Grew his goatee out. You know, I, I, I he's, he's, you know, I, I appreciate this version of Damon that I saw in the trailer. I mean, it seems like it seems like it's inspired by the Amanda Knox story, but like it's except, you know, this girl is definitely not guilty. I guess is the impression I got from the trailer. Yeah. I, maybe, maybe she will be. I don't know, but um, it definitely made me think of all the Amanda Knox stuff from a few years ago, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to disassociate that when I watch the film. That said, uh, trailer was quite exciting. Uh, Matt Damon looks solid, and I will give any McCarthy film. One watch at least. So, so you watch the cob- so you watch the cobbler. That's what you're saying. I mean, I said I'll give every uh, th- that one watch hasn't <laughs> happened yet. Um, but yes, I will watch the cobbler eventually. Stay away, oh, stay boy. away, stay away, Adam. You're not missing anything. Well, it's no Masters of the Universe, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so few things are Masters of the Universe. <laughs> uh, yeah, this one is set for a release on July. It was supposed to come out last year, but you know. Last year happened, so this is now set for a July thirtieth, twenty twenty one release. Uh, next show we're talking about. This is one I, I was actually going to skip on the list, but then I realized who's directing this, and I thought, okay, I yeah, know we need to bring this up. Uh, it's the trailer for the Protege. Uh, the Protege is the latest film by director Martin Campbell. Yes, GoldenEye and Casino Royale zone Martin Campbell. Gre- also, Green Lantern and Legend of Zero zone Mar- Martin Campbell. So you really never know what you're going to get with this guy. Uh, this is a this is a movie starring Maggie Q. You with me? In which she plays a contract killer who's trying to who's trying to investigate the death of her her mentor, played by I think Samuel L. Jackson. Spoiler, but that's in the trailer, so it doesn't matter. In which Michael Keaton is trying to help her, you know, try and you know, navigate this whole criminal world. Uh, like I said, features the features those three actors. Robert Patrick's in there somewhere doing stuff. Uh, Russell, what do you think the trailer for? I'm oh, not Russell. I'm Adam, what do you think the trailer for the Protege? Um, I'm quite intrigued. I'm quite intrigued. Um, uh, you know, uh, obviously they went with you know producers of John Wick. It's like okay, sure, we'll see. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, like I, I mean, I'm I, I get sucked into good action movies. I love the John Wick movies, but um, Maggie Q's been around for a minute. I feel like she's always been on the brink of being a big, bigger star. Like she's obviously a successful actor, but um, like uh, big screen stuff seems to not have not really like blown up for her yet. So I'm excited to see her in this role. Um, I'm really excited to see Michael Keaton because it looks like he throws down in this movie, and I'm really excited to see that, even if it's a stunt double half the time. I, 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 I do want to see nearly 70 year old Michael Keaton throw a punch. He got thrown through a table in this trailer. It he was did. Awesome. He did get thrown through a table. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Russell, find Martin Gamble. This dude, look. When he hits, he hits. But when he misses the mark, my God, does he miss? So, Russell, if you had to bet on this movie, what do you, what, what do you, what do you think? Maybe he makes a mediocre film. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe uh, he goes down the middle. 
he just goes straight down the middle 50 50 i don't know like i it, it was funny because when i saw that when i saw it initially i was thinking the hitman's bodyguard uh, sequel just because i saw sam jackson in it all right and then like i actually had to see a little bit oh, i'm like oh okay wait a minute okay michael keaton yeah this is definitely not it but uh, kind of what adam said i mean we have a good solid cast here um you know, and it looks like I'm always down for a good, you know, cheesy action film. So if, if that can hold it, uh, especially with Michael Keaton in it and, you know, Samuel Jackson's good in anything. So but uh, yeah, I, I think it should be it looks OK enough. I don't think it's going to you know, be the best action movie of the uh, summer. But I think it's again it, with that August slate, too. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I, I don't like I said, I think it's just going to be one of those subpar films. I almost feel like I owe Maggie Q this just just for just because she was in Fantasy Island. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, well, you, you you were in that movie, so this this is this is like a this is like a pity ticket. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She, to she continues to pay her dues. She does continue to pay. Long after she's broken big, she continues to pay. And I think Chance, you'll agree, this will probably be better than Michael Keaton's and Sam Jackson's last action collaboration, which I think was 2014's RoboCop. That that sounds right, yeah, because they're not they don't share any spider any Spidermans. So yeah, no, that's right. <laughs> no matter how no matter how good or bad this is, this will be better in 2014's RoboCup. They'll always have Jackie Brown. That is true. They're in a lot. Wow, they're in a lot of movies together. They're, they're besties. Yeah, they're besties. <laughs> uh, the next trailer we're talking about is for, like I said, that one's coming out August of 2021. Next trailer we're talking about is the movie I completely I completely forgot existed until this trailer. The Forever Purge. Uh, so, spoilers oh for the Purge election. It takes place, takes place after the Purge three, uh, in which you know, spoiler for that movie, the Purge has been outlawed, but um, there has been a, a self-organized purge in I think it's in I think it's in Mexico. Yeah, in Mexico or Texas, depending on where you are. Right on the same, border, I think. Depending on where you are, it's basically the same place. Texaco. Texaco. Yeah, Texaco. <laughs> uh, in which. They they put on like a mini purge just because, yeah. Why why the why the hell not? Uh, movie features a couple couple big names. Uh, you got Josh Lucas, you got Will Patton, and that's about it. <laughs> uh, and yeah, this is said to be the fifth and final purge film. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, Russell. I mean, well, Adam, I know you're a big horror guy. How do you feel about the purge movies? I've never been super keen on them. I think they're all watchable um uh i still need to see the prequel to find the first purge i haven't seen that one um uh but i still know plenty about it so you can't get me in a match don't worry um <laughs> that said that said uh i'm not i'm not jumping over the moon about this um the whole purge concept is interesting but i feel like the concept has been thrust in my face for the past few years uh that tv show happened that i haven't seen i i i, I know people get some stuff out of these movies um, it feels like a Black Mirror episode that's been stretched out across like seven, seven different projects at this point. Yeah. So prove me wrong. That'd be great. If this gets like, you know, like people are saying this is this is uh, reinvents the franchise, I'll go see it. But just people trying to shoot each other and hunt each other and stuff like it's it's a premise uh, that's been beaten into the ground a bit for me. Um, the trailer wasn't like horrible, but looks like another Purge film. Yeah, I mean, look, look, people hunting people that that came, that came to a head with 2003 is the pest. No, oh, dude, that, no, that's that's way too early. That's way too late. <laughs> when did the pest come? That out? happened in the 90s at some. Point. That's the 90s. What I think I think it's 1996. 
You talk about Leguizamo's pest? Leguizamo's the pest. Oh, God, that was awful. Oh. Well, yeah, I've never, seen it. I've never yeah. seen it in the theater. It was 19, awful. 1997's the pest. Regardless. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Russell, we got, we, we, got, we got some new purging coming out. Are you... Are you, are you, are you, are you what better way uh, to celebrate a slice of Americana than the Purge? Every like around Fourth of July, they've been really honing in on these uh, release dates yeah, for. They've all, been, they've all come out around Fourth of July. Yeah, that, um, that used to, like that the, used to be Will Smith's Day. You bastards, move off. I like the uh, first first couple ones were okay, and then we like kind of what Adam said. I think we're just really we're treading you know trails that we've already been through, and it's kind of like it, what, what can you do? I mean, at this point, it's almost like Saw. Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't think this movie is going to be very good, but uh, kind of what Adam said, if it reinvents the, the wheel and they kind of go back at it again after this, I'm all for it. But uh, I doubt it. I think this movie is not going to be very good. But again, it's a 4th of July tradition kind of with these uh, Purge films. So uh, I'll go see it just because I've already invested in the last, what, four, five other ones. It'd be a little weird if they reinvented the franchise with the, with the la- allegedly last movie. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. It's, oh, man, it's... It's not going to be a very good movie. Seems, seems, yeah, seems a little too little too late at that point. Yeah. What do I know? Uh, speaking of franchises ending, we have the all, another alleged last installment. Oh, oh. oh, boy. Hotel Transylvania Trans... For, what the fuck is this one called? Transformania. Transformania. <laughs> yeah, sure. Whoa. Ah. It was right off the tongue. Yeah. This is the fourth and allegedly final... Film in the trans- oh, trans- trans- this trans- one has trans- direct to video all over it. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I'm, ju- I'm I'm jumping the gun. Here, sorry. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, with Van Hel- when Van Helsing's mysterious invention, the monstrification ray goes haywire. Drac and the other monsters and, and the, the monsters are all transformed into humans, and then Johnny becomes the monster. Uh, it's basically like a whole like body swapping transformation movie. It features all all your uh, you know all your favorites Andy Samberg's back Selena Gomez is back Catherine Hahn is back not Adam Sandler though they didn't get him for this movie uh yeah well James also bailed Kevin James bailed on Oh that. James hey, shit I think that didn't sound like Adam Sandler Yep that's not wow. him he bailed <laughs> He pulled the They record. got they got Shemmy to come back but probably barely <laughs> They got, I think the first 3 are pretty good yeah. They got yeah they got they got Bushemi, they got Molly Shan to come back they got Catherine Hahn to come back, which is weird because if anyone can blow this franchise off, it's her right now. Mm-hmm. For reasons we'll get to later. But uh, yeah, I mean, Adam, I'm just gonna jump to you because you're kind of leading, kind of leading where, you know, where you're, where you're saying you're, you're, you're yeah. not down for, you're not, got, you're not down with the. I got thoughts. I got thoughts on the Hotel Transylvania franchise. You know, like I actually enjoy the first three movies for what they are. I think, um, I think they're fun. Uh, I love that they can introduce a young audience to horror iconography without freaking them out. And it'll be like the ones who want to learn more. It's a nice little gateway movie. Uh, that's kind of cool. Um, that said, um, after the third one, I was like, okay, all right. I think we, I think we're good. And then this one, I see this trailer and, and I realized like 70% of the cast has just moved on. And I'm like, all right, this, this feels like planes, three or you know cinderella four or i just i it should i i think you know like a netflix movie would have been fine but it's also going to make a shit ton of money so i'm don't listen to me it's going to make a lot of money these movies always do uh and that's why i think they were like you know what we don't need to spend money on sandler let's just make another one and see what happens (laughs) 
Yeah, these these do, these do make money. I think that. I wonder what the gross is. Looks like they're going up because I think the last one was the was the highest grossing, which is wild mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, they're they're continually making more money. These movies, so a fourth one makes sense. It's impressive. Yeah. It is it impressive. Is, you know. Considering I don't know anybody who like who's like over the moon for this one, Jenny Jenny Tartofsky is also not back to direct this one. He's doing he's doing other things. Couldn't get the director. Couldn't get Sandler. Couldn't get Kevin James. We're gonna make it anyway. We're gonna we're we're, do, we're, we're doing this anyway. <laughs> uh, so Rose, what do you, th- you think of the trailer for Transylvania Three? You are now shocked to you're now pleasantly shocked to realize Adam Sandler did not stoop this low. Because I thought when I was hearing the trailer, I was like, that doesn't sound like Sandler. And then wait, then I heard it, then I heard something else, and I was like, oh, that sounds like Sandler. And now I'm like shocked. I'm like, wow, my initial reaction was right. Um, I remember taking Ella to the drive-in. I remember me, uh, Beck, and, and Ella went and saw the third one, and I liked it just fine. And kind of what Adam said, the first two, I mean, they're they're fun, um, just because like it's a cartoon form of almost grown-ups, pretty much. Like they had everybody from the grown-ups uh, almost like there. So um, with everybody not being in now i'm not 100 percent sure what is going on so uh yeah i was just like uh yeah, this, this is not going to be very good but i'll take my daughter to go see it yeah i'm like yeah you, you, you have a kid you're gonna you're gonna go see this you know you know you oh, know I'm, I'm, I'm already committed to it so <laughs> and yeah uh hope transylvania transylvania is set for a july 23rd 2020 release 2021 release remember when this came out in october like normal freaking movies Based on monsters, what a time! Uh, <laughs> ne- uh, next year we're talking about is for maybe the maybe one prestige movie this year. That's if it's good, which I think it will be. That's Dear Evan Hansen. So Dear Evan Hansen is based on the smash hit on Broadway, uh, in which a a high schooler who I'm assuming has been held back a couple of years. We'll get to that in a second. Played by Ben Platt. Uh, he, has, he has social anxiety, uh, and then one day a dude who takes his letter kills himself. Ele- again, allegedly because he called him a dick in the letter. <laughs> and which and then he then inserts himself into his life. He tries to you know, bring closure to his family, the school, everybody. He becomes the you know the one-handed hero because he's got his hand in a cast the entire movie. Uh, the musical directed by Steven Chbosky, who did uh, the person Wallflower, did Wonder, and the mu- music is all written by Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, who did La La Land. And greatest showman, so variance of quality there. Uh, I will say first of all, I don't buy for one second this kid is seventeen. <laughs> mostly because, <laughs> mostly because he's not. Ben Platt is almost thirty. Yeah, I mean, didn't he start playing the role on Broadway when he was younger? He did. Yeah, because it was on, it was on Broadway in like 2016, 2016 2017 in which in which he was younger. And he and still on stage, you can kind of buy into that. In a movie, especially when he's surrounded by all these other young-looking people, no, like this isn't Twenty One Jump Street shit. I keep waiting for like looking for drugs. Uh, but regardless, I do think this movie actually looks really good. Cast uh, features Caitlin Dever, Amanda Stenberg, uh, Julianne Moore, Amy Adams back at it again after Woman in the Window, which I guess is out now. I haven't seen it yet, but like, you know, we were disappointed. To hear the reviews are really negative on that movie. I was really looking forward to that film. I want to check it out now, just be, just to see why. <laughs> like, what yeah, happens? I, I was like, dude, this trailer looked awesome. I, I was so on board. Yeah, I'm super upset about this. I, I, I guess the like, thr- thrillers after Gone Girls haven't hit. Like, it's like with Girl on the Train, that the Snowman. Like, it's been a series of disappointment after Oof. disappointment. 
But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Dear Evan Hansen. So, Russell, I'm assuming you're not familiar with the Broadway show at all? I know it's a Broadway show. That's about it. Uh, I'm not familiar with it at all. But um, I think it looks fantastic. Um, I'm glad they got the, the kid to actually play, you know, the main role in it just because of the fact, you know, it's good to have consistency with that kind of stuff. Um, and anytime, like I love perks of being a wallflower, uh, obviously a, a Pittsburgh film. Uh, but, but outside of that though, I love the greatest showman. Um, Lala Land's okay music wise, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you put that all together. I think you, you deliver a good package here. It, this should be a pretty good film. I, I, I would say. Adam, I don't, I don't know what your gauge is on musicals. So what'd you think of this trailer? I like musicals when they're good. Um, okay. And, and you know, honestly, uh, this looks very promising. Um, you know, I had, a, I had a tertiary understanding of the premise because of the Broadway musical, but I haven't listened to the music. I haven't seen the show. Um, but I really appreciate the idea of a, a show that's uh, approaching a smaller story. Um, and, and to adapt it like this and also still go for some level of realism, I think, is interesting. Um, but yeah, the trailer got me. You know, I'm very interested to see this film. The only thing that would prevent me from seeing it if it comes out and gets panned, you know, um, I'll give most movies a chance if if they get some bad reviews. But when something gets flat out panned, uh, that that might kill the buzz for me for a while. That's fair. So I'm 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 hoping I'm hoping it comes out to accolades and it lives up to the hype, and that'll I, I'm 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 intrigued. Yeah, it's the same. But yeah, he looks he looks hella old. He no, he, he looks he looks he does not fit he does not fit this. Goal. I'm about to call bad touch on this movie because this is not no no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, writer on this is is the same guy who did the Broadway musical. Also worked on Fosse Fosse Verdon, which is actually like a really great Showtime series. Um, and yeah, this is set for a release on September twenty fourth, twenty twenty one. So it got, gets a prime Oscar date, possibly depending on what the, depending on how they put the, the push the date back again. Regardless, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Last show we're talking about today, I thought it was fitting to make this the last one since since the topic today is cartoons turned into movies. This is another one of those things. This is the first trailer for Snake Eyes. Uh, yeah, the silent black, all dressed in black ninja whose face you never see is in his own movie, and they're literally doing the exact opposite of all of that. Uh, this will focus on his origin story, in which he is being played by Henry Golding, who I like, and I wish he would just do anything else. Uh, yeah, and it's basically going to be like his origin story. Uh, directed by Robert Schwenke, who's done classics as R.I.P.D. and Last Year Divergence. Oh. So, I knew he did a detergent. He did do a detergent. He did two of them. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> uh, look, I'm just gonna I'm, 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 I'm go myself last. Adam, Snake Eyes. What do you? Th- um, what, 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 what's your history with GI Joe as, as a fr- as a property? Okay. Well, first of all, the movies that have come out are pretty forgettable, in my opinion. I, I, you know. Um, I'm all for them turning this franchise into a thing. You know, they can keep trying. Um, I'm not saying, like, I get that some people get something out of those G.I. Joe movies that come out, but I wasn't one of them. I mean, I mean, this, I mean the, the some people we know is Mike. That's, that's, the, that's the guy we know who got something out of the G.I. Joe movies. I'm just trying to, you know, give some people some level of respect if they like these movies, but it's hard. Um, that said, uh, I saw this, and then I was like, oh, Henry Golding. I was like, did they get John Chu back? I was like... I thought maybe I thought maybe they were working together again, and then I saw it with Schwent. I was like, "All right, fine." <laughs> it's it's the Schwent. He's doing. He's back again, and like 
it, it looks actiony. Um, I'm I'm a big I'm rooting for Henry Golding. So uh, if it, if it turns out to be like like a Bumblebee, like everyone's like, oh, it's gonna be another crappy GI Joe movie, and then it's like, oh, this one has a brain and a heart. Um, that would be really cool, but we'll see. Yeah, I like like that that man is too pretty to fail. Okay, we need him to succeed. <laughs> Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Snake Eyes? Yeah, I mean, Adam hit it over the head with, I mean, it looks action. I mean, that's what you go to see these types of films for, and, I mean, it looks action-y. Um, I don't know if Henry Golding is a good choice. I don't really want this movie to bomb, and then everyone's like, oh, it's Henry Golding's fault, you know what I mean? I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I'll go see it. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought Ray Park was a, per- a per- perfect choice to play Snake Eyes. Why? Because you never had to hear him talk or see his face. Wasn't Joseph Gordon-Levitt Snake Eyes too? No, no, no. He's 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 Cobra Commander. Did right. He, I'm so sorry. Park, I mixed up, missed up my GI Joe can. I no, no. Park, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just, just <laughs> got my head how ridiculous that is. Um, just keep going. No, didn't Park? Wouldn't he just send you a wiener pick? <laughs> <laughs> was it was it Park the one that like sent a wiener pick or that, something? That that was Park at one point. I uh, think. See, well, I see. I. I always like him as Toad. He's he'll always be my Toad for X Men. Well, yeah, because the other Toad we got had like nothing to do. <laughs> except flick, except flick his tongue. Maybe that's why. Yeah, uh, but yeah, look again. I, I I like him as an actor. I think not only is he not only is he gorgeous, he is talented. So I want okay. him to succeed. Mm. Picking shit like this, I know, is enticing because it gets Lars like kung fu shit and be an action hero. But no, yeah. but man. No. <laughs> plus, you get a uh, GI Joe doll. Yeah. Plus, you get, plus you get your own why, action why, why figure. Wouldn't you do why that? wouldn't you do this? Does, it, like, does, 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 does he have kids? Does he? Was he doing this for his kid? He has a kid. Maybe he's doing, maybe he's doing this for his kid. Franklin Jella did. Franklin Jella did. Hey. We'll talk, we'll talk about that shortly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, look. I know people who are all over this for some reason. Mostly, mostly PJ, but. Uh, this is set for a July twenty third, twenty twenty one release. I like ni- I like ninja movies, so hopefully this is good. And again, Snake Eyes is my favorite GI Joe character. Granted, this goes against literally everything I love about Snake Eyes, but I love me some Henry Golding. So uh, that's gonna do it for trailer talk today, which means we now move on to notorious news. We always gotta start off with you know, let's start off a little serious note today. Uh, we did have some two high profile deaths over the last I think the last two days. So that's a, both of these are very recent. Uh, First of which was uh, Paul Mooney, a name you may not recognize, but you definitely recognize his work. Uh, he was an actor and stand-up comedian. He was prominent in like, the 80s and 90s. Uh, he, wrote, he wrote a lot for Richard Pryor. He was in the Buddy Holly story. He was in Bamboozled. Most people probably recognize him now for Chappelle's show. He was, he was in a lot of episodes of that. Uh, he was uh, most famous show was probably Negro Demas, <laughs> which is like the black, the black wizard character. It was, it was always funny when he showed up. That dude was hilarious. I love Paul Mooney. Bigger one, of course, is we lost maybe one of the most underrated actors of his generation. Mr. Charles Grodin passed away. A dude who's put in so much work over a decade that spanned. A decade that spanned... I'm sorry, career that spanned several decades. Dude worked since the 1950s. Uh, Heartbreak Kid, Cash 22, so many other... No projects. Uh, Russell, what was, what's, your, what's your favorite Charles Grodin performance? 
I always remember him as having to put up with that little shit Martin Short and Cl- Clifford. Clifford. <laughs> That's such a bad movie, but I mean, Charles Grodin is so good. Like Midnight Run, I think probably is probably would be one of my ones that I kind of recognize him from. Um, but I first was introduced to him, obviously, Beethoven, because that was the age I was. So Beethoven was like my first introduction of Charles Grodin. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, Adam, what's your, what's your favorite Charles Grodin performance? Um, Minute Run's definitely up there. Um, um, Beethoven was the introduction to Charles Grodin as a young person as well. But the thing is, uh, that and Great Muppet Caper were the first things I saw him in. And he just made such an impression. He's just such, he was just such a quietly hilarious man. And that's so hard to do. Like, he made me laugh just by staring at somebody. And, um, and then, you know, like, in Beethoven, he got and Clifford, he got to the uh, parental figure, uh, and it's fun to see him like get kind of frustrated. But Midnight Run was so special because of his chemistry with Robert De Niro, and um, and how subdued he is and how aloof, uh, even though he's in this life-threatening situation. The guy got a true gift for comedy. I think he's similar to Gene Wilder's sense. Uh, he really had this quiet sense of timing, and. Um, and you know, I respect that he just stepped away from acting quietly, uh, you know, for the back ha- back part of his life, and didn't really need to do it anymore. You know, he left us plans to revisit, and uh, you know, eighty six is still uh, too young, uh, but at the same time, his filmography speaks for itself. I, I, you know, he's he's one of the greats. No, yeah, I mean, I I think I look at him, I think that he's. Like he's kind of like the prototype for Jason Bateman, someone who says like such like a quiet. I was just gonna say that. Yeah, so it's like it's like a quiet like mm-hmm. ability to him, where he can like throw a joke and just, like no, bring no attention to it, just keep the scene going. I'm like, like no, that, that that was really funny. Good. But uh, yeah, no, I mean Midnight Run's the, an easy pick because he's <laughs> excellent in Midnight Run. Um, but yeah, uh, Great Up K was where I saw him for the first time. He's so incredibly funny in that movie. Like I, I actually like, actually rewatched it pretty recently. I'm like, wow, like he he's really into Miss Piggy. <laughs> That's kind of hilarious. Yeah, like, like severely into her. Severely into her. <laughs> like, 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 he's Blame the best. only besides Kermit. He's the only other person to thirst from his piggy that hard. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, Charles oh, Grodin, easily. Yeah, Charles Grodin, you were an excellent actor. You great. You had a great. You had a great comedic body of work. You had a great body of work in general. Rest in peace, sir. And moving on to some other some other stuff. First of which, um. There's been some trouble among some studios recently. So we got some, we got some studios letting go, studios making offers. Uh, the studio making an offer right now is Amazon, who's looking, who's currently looking to buy MGM uh, for a price tag of nine billion dollars. Now MGM, of course, classic Hollywood studio, made a lot of great projects over the years. Uh, currently, I believe they currently own the rights to James Bond, if I'm not mistaken. Or is that Sony? No, Cl- no, Chloe might have this. Never mind. They lost that, but they definitely have Rocky. <laughs> so they'll get the rights to all the Rocky movies. Um, so I don't know. What, what, oh, yeah. do, do, do you think that Amazon will end up buying MGM, and do you think it's a good move for Amazon on their part? I'm gonna go to Adam first. I all of these corporate buyouts freak me out. Um, are we gonna get? movies that happen to be made by talented people that are funded by an evil corporation of course uh you know there are so many amazon and disney things that i adore but i know 
um, that, you know, if we dig into how the sausage is made, we're all going to get a little upset. That's that's always the case with these corporate buyouts. I think MGM has been is it's now just a, it's really a label. It's a name. It's nostalgia. Um, uh, it's been shopped around a lot. I remember the last time this happened before Bond was the Hobbit films right. uh, and MGM was getting passed around a lot. So it's hard for me to keep track of, to be honest with you. Um, I don't see MGM having much of a choice in this scenario. I think they're just looking to maintain the brand. And Amazon's one way to do it. They can afford to buy anything. So, you know, I, 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 uh, I'm reticent to give it my own personal approval, but I just hope at the very least it helps get, you know, good films made. So we'll see. And I was actually wrong before. They, they do own the rights to Bond. So they get Bond. Everyone's got their franchises. Amazon would have Bond and Rocky. Not a bad start. Mm-hmm. Unless they wanted to kickstart kick the Singing in the Rain Cinematic Universe all over again. That's up to them. Oh, and, Adam, and, and of course, Adam's family. Um, Russell, Amazon bought... We actually talked about this a little before we, before we got on air. Uh, what yeah. do you think of uh, MGM possibly buying... Or Amazon possibly buying MGM? I mean, it's Amazon landing on Boardwalk. They already own Park Place. They want to put a hotel on Boardwalk. I mean, it's one of those things. You know, if you're you know, a player of the game of Monopoly, you would do that. So, I mean, it only makes sense that Amazon does that. Kind of what Adam said, and MGM just wants to stay relevant. You know what I mean? Obviously, they only have so many properties left that are merely relevant, like what you just mentioned, obviously, with, you know, uh, Rocky and, I mean, Bond, which will always stay relevant. But still, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, I, I don't see MGM not really having a, 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 you know, say in the matter. I think the money talks. And I... And kind of, you know, again, what Adam said, it's just I just hope that we get creativity. That's all. That's all it's about is creativity and good product. You know what I mean? If you could put that out, then kind of put all this big, mono, you know, big monopoly stuff aside and just appreciate the product. I mean, that, that's that's all we want at the end of the day. So I, I think it's a move that's it. I mean, I don't know if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But I think where we're at in the day and age now, it's just your competition it's like it's 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 everybody being cutthroat for themselves so i i, I don't see why amazon wouldn't do that, you know well speaking of being cutthroat we actually got news a few days ago that uh in a surprise move uh at&t is cutting ties with warner media uh they're <laughs> planning to sell they're planning to sell off the company or not sell off but like cut it cut it off and merge it with uh discovery you know the guys who make uh home network and or HGN and fucking Food Network. <laughs> so yeah, they're they're gonna be a whole company now, <laughs> uh, wow. which is c- kind of crazy to me because like th- this merger didn't last very long; only lasted three uh-huh. years. Yeah. Uh, so, what this does tell me is the fact that the whole uh, day and date release for HBO Max and theaters hasn't worked as well as I thought it was gonna do. <laughs> I thought because. Yeah, they probably lost a lot of money on that on that deal. So I mean, it was it was smart in hindsight because of the fact that we didn't know where COVID was going. But I think now with the restrictions starting to lift up slowly, I think it's like oh shit. You know what I mean? People are going to be itching to go back to the theaters. I don't think people are going to do the the home releases as much now, just because of the fact that why why see it at home when you can go see it and experience it in a big screen or like a drive-in or something like that. Yeah, so, and I I, yeah. I, I, get, I get it, but like, I get the idea, yeah. but. Thing is, they announced the whole year in advance, and that's you know that's definitely biting. Yeah, that's definitely putting your foot in your mouth on that one. Maybe if they said maybe like halfway, you know, half the year would have been good because they yeah. would lift here in in another month. Because like well, like, then cause like they Disney could, yeah. Disney's doing like a pretty good job with this because like they 
push things back as far as they can, and they need to be like, you know what, fuck it, it's going to plus. They they, they cut their they cut their losses, but they, they charge premiums, so that kind of makes a difference there. But they can they can take the hit on that though. They can these, they some can of these take other the companies hit, but like can. The, but they're playing but they're playing it by year. That's kind of the point I'm trying to make. So no, no, that's what you have to do in this situation. I mean, we're in the unknown, you know. So yeah, I mean, there's. I don't want to think of this because I don't want to think this is a possibility. But is there is there a chance WB could get bought or Warner Media could get bought? Wouldn't that be Wouldn't that be crazy? Would be super crazy. I mean, someone would have to buy Time Warner Media, which would be tough to do. That's true. <laughs> that yeah. I mean, I mean, Amazon might be able to do it, but Amazon. I'm just gonna time. say. All right, yeah. well, we can't get MGM. Who, who's Who's on the chopping block? Warner. We want you. Don't Don't tempt buy Disney with a good yeah. party. With a good party. <laughs> How much you get Batman Batman's? and Wolf Blitzer, you don't lose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's a win-win. <laughs> there you go. That's that's, that's, that's uh, Disney. Get on this. Let's get, <laughs> let's, let's get Avengers. Let's get Avengers versus Justice League. That's where it's all headed. That's where it's all, that's See, I like I like that those I like that as of now that's like reserved for like actual physical like comic book crossovers. Uh, like when you get to see DC and Marvel characters interact. I like having to actually read a comic to see that happen. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see where these companies land up. This again, the landscape movie is going to look very different in the next couple of years. I'm actually genuinely curious where, it, where it's going to go. Uh, speaking of comic books, though, uh, today there was a new Batman animated series announced. This is going to be from Bruce Tim, who did the Batman animated series in the '90s. Uh, Matt Reeves, who's currently doing Batman, the Batman, uh, the movie. And J.J. Abrams, who just signed a massive deal with um, WB, so he's probably going to be a producer on this. Uh, it's going to be called Batman Caped Crusader. Uh, no one who's involved yet as far as like voice talents go, but yeah, look, Batman cartoons usually usually hit pretty hard. Batman, Batman uh, the animator is probably the big, best example of that. But, you know, Adam, you look, I, I don't know. Uh, would, you, would you watch a Batman cartoon from, the, from this creative team? Eventually, um, and the reason I say that is speaking personally. I have to be realistic about what shows I prioritize. Yeah. Being in the showdown means TV is very a, a luxury you rarely can afford. And so when I watch some a show, I have to be very selective. Um, so maybe someday, uh, point Bruce Tim has a quality resume, but I. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm just waiting around for this Matt Reeves Batman movie because I just want like a straightforward Batman film. Like, I haven't had one since The Dark Knight. Honestly, like, there's good stuff in all the Batman stuff I've seen, more or less. I don't, you know, like I don't hate like completely anything that's come out, but I want to see a straight up Batman film. And and if the, and if that lights my fire to watch the series, it sounds like it'll be a good like uh, coupling with the film. Russell, what do, what do you what do you think about a Batman animated series from the creative team behind the Batman the animated series and the Batman Now? Yeah, I mean, I would I would watch it. I mean, like I said, that, that was what Squareface Batman back in the day, right? That was Squareface Batman. Yes, <laughs> that was the one I kind of grew up on, Batmask of the Phantasm and stuff like that. So yeah, I I, mean, I I remember watching it. I think I was probably like oof, maybe like ten or eleven. I think when that came out, but um. Yeah, I mean, kind of what Adam said. Well, I think the popularity of you know Reeves's Batman would kind of obviously, you know, fuel that. I mean, would it be a good companion piece with the film? I mean, that that's that's the big thing. But um, yeah, I mean, there's talent behind it, and you know, not a whole lot of animated uh, series out right now that are you know really worth watching. But uh, yeah, this is this is something for sure. 
Yeah, no, I, I think that... Look, I, I do agree with that. I'm, I'm ready for another, like, you know, Batman solo adventure. I was ready for a Ben Affleck, and then, you know, those movies happened, and then he didn't want to do it anymore. But now we're doing it again with Rob, with Rob, with Robbie Pattinson. Let's, 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 let's get it, Matt Reeves. You can do it. I believe in you. Uh, next piece we're talking about, uh, <laughs> speaking, speaking of animated, uh, Bong Joon-ho has announced his next feature, which is going to be an animated movie. And it's going to be about, I, I'm not making this up, it's going to be about a, an, a fish who's an invertebrate who's having back problems. <laughs> it, I didn't even tell it was funny. But well, I heard that, I'm just like, that's it. That's, that's the whole movie. But if there's any director the last couple of years who earned a lot of goodwill from me, it's Bong, it's Bong Joon-ho. Between, between Snowpiercer... And memories of murder, and you know, uh, you know, of course, fucking parasite, the host. This this dude, this dude's got the goods, and I am ready to tune in to just about anything he's he's ready. And I'm I'm excited. I, I like the prospect of you know, uh, you know, filmmakers like him making animated movies. You know, kind of like with Charlie Kaufman and Anomalisa or um, Richard Richard uh, Linklater with Scanner Darkly and Waking Life. I think I think it's uh, I I would like to see more. Filmmakers who are established like that, and more prestige filmmakers make make animated movies. So Russell, you hear kind of a, a Bong Joon-ho animated movie. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm intrigued just by that. Like he's really trying to really diversify himself as a director. Um, really try to paint with everything. You know what I mean? I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. And yeah, I would watch it. Yeah, right on. Adam, what do you think of uh, Bong Joon-ho? Oh, yeah. picture, anime feature. Yeah, um, I I think. Um, you know, when you get these really specific pitches, um, there are only a handful of directors you trust that completely. Um, you know, uh, uh, David Lynch's short film where he talks to a monkey for twelve minutes comes to mind. Uh, you don't, uh, you don't know Jack. That is That's excellent. A, I saw that. Um, but yeah, Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, I trust him. Impl- I trust him implicitly. Mm-hmm. I will definitely. Pr- I will. I will prioritize seeing this when it releases. Absolutely. I mean, sh- sh- that boy, boy, one best picture and best director. So you goddamn right, studio's gonna prioritize this. Mm-hmm. They gonna get, they gonna get this made. So uh, yeah, no, so we're, no more on that release when that's gonna release. But whatever it does, I'm looking forward to it. I also hope it's claymation. I don't know why, but I really hope it's claymation. I know it'll yeah. take like six more years to come out, but I, th- I think, I think it would do it if you, if you, if you could. Uh, we got some sequel. We got some. Uh, well, before we get to that, uh, some news that I think is real. Either. Re- great or really terrible depending on what side you fall on uh it was announced and again around the uh you know the news of at&t and uh warner's warner media splitting up it was announced that after uh outcry from Denis villeneuve allegedly outcry from Denis villeneuve even though it's definitely it was definitely there uh dune is officially going straight to theaters no day and date release do not pass go do not go to hbo max on day of release you are going to theaters to see Dune, which, speak for me, I was going to go see in theaters no matter what because I think the movie looks excellent. Adam, I don't know if theaters are open up there yet, but if they are by October, which, which they probably should be, uh, would you have gone to see the Dune theaters? But now that, I mean, if it was on HBO Max the same day, would you have gone to theaters regardless? And how, how, how are you looking forward to Dune? 
I'm I am excited about Dune, and I will see it in theaters. Um, I'm fully vaccinated now. I'm still not rushing out to a theater yet, although I think A Quiet Place Part Two might get me out there for like a matinee with limited people in the theater. I think I'd be open to that because um, I want to see that in the theater. Um, I I've watched uh, the big releases on HBO Max. I watched uh, Godzilla vs Kong and Mortal Kombat, and there's no denying it was diminished a bit. Uh, just watching for the first time at home. I would have liked to have seen those in theaters, but I uh, realistically, uh, when the option was available to watch them, I was going to take it because I just I could not justify rushing out to a theater, and that was before I was vaccinated too. Yeah. Um, but by the time Dune comes out, I'll, I'll be more than okay with it. I'm still I'm not going to go to a sold out showing. I'll be selective. I might see it the morning, like that Friday morning, instead of the Thursday night showing. Uh, that tends to work out for me, so I can avoid human beings. But yeah, I'm really excited to see that one, and in a theater. Now, Russell, what about, what about you? We talked about the trailer when it dropped last year. Holy God, I'm going to drop last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did that. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'll be there uh, to see it opening weekend. Um, I work at an airport, so it's kind of one of those things where it's like I'm a little bit more, you know what I mean? I, I, everybody has their you know opinions and thoughts on what they want to do, and I you know respect that. To me, it's like I'm already in a spot where I am putting myself at risk every day, so it doesn't really bother me. You know what I mean? To but I would rather do, if I if if I like because I already had COVID obviously in uh, December. But if I if I'm gonna get it, I'd rather do it doing something that I enjoy doing than than work. You know what I mean? But uh, no, I definitely Dune is one of those films you have to watch on the big screen. Um, I did see Wonder Woman. Uh, on HBO Max, and I think that kind of what Adam said with you know Godzilla and uh, Mortal Kombat, it did really diminish the uh, the feel of it because it takes you out of that element that that you know that's the beauty of movies you know it, you know you, you you get immersed into uh, the, the the film and with obviously seeing it all at home it just it kind of it kind of hurts that by a little bit but uh, yeah I, I will see it um, kind of what Adam said I'm not going to rush out to go see it when there's like if it's sold out you know I, mean? I kind of like kind of what Adam said I kind of like the uh, the uh, minimal crowd, uh, like when I saw Profile, I think there was like five people in it. That's that's my speed. I, I don't like really dealing with people in general, even before COVID. You know what I mean? May, so may I share a tool of the trade with you guys real quick? Go What's ahead. up? Um, uh, pre-COVID, I also tried to avoid people in theater, and yeah. the AMC app allows yeah. you to like book up seats around you. Oh, uh, is that what you did? For 15 minutes. I wouldn't do it for for busy shows, only like nice. those matinees. So people yeah. wouldn't pick the one seat next to me all the time. I hate that, yeah. I would just start pushing. Yeah. I would I would pick like $300 worth of seats around me, and yeah. I would refresh them every 15 minutes to keep people away from me. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful, yeah. That's cold right there. I mean, yeah. yeah I, I've, I've, been lucky, I've been lucky with Regal. Uh, like I said, it's been one of those things where – you know, I really haven't had too too much interaction with people, which is great. And I like I always take the back row anyway, so there's nobody behind me, so that right. that blocks that that off. But yeah, kind of what Adam said. I, I hate that shit when people, you know, there's they have to sit right next to you. It's like really, like you have the whole entire theater. It's ridiculous. It's but worst. yeah, but needless to say, definitely we'll see Dune in the big screen for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so yeah, Dune set for a release on I won't say this is December. That it got put. Oh no, it took the Batman spot. So it's October of this year. Uh, yeah, Dune set for a October. Fuck, where is the where is the Dune release? Here we go, October first, twenty twenty one. Nice. Uh, we got some sequel to talk about. First of which, <coughs> I think that is Russell. I think it's I think we say it's happening. 
Uh, oh, Indiana Jones Five. Um, it's, it's it's being made. They're adding they're adding people. Most we're, recently, we're, do- Man- we're doing it. We're doing it. Uh, Mangold has added his boy from Logan, Boyd Holbrook, to the movie. No one who he's playing yet. I'm assuming he's gonna be like the sidekick, gonna be like the Shia LaBeouf character, except we'll be able to stand him hopefully. Uh, yeah. So again, Johnny Cassidy. Of course, Harrison Ford, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Maz Mickelson, Thomas Kretschmann, if you're a fan of that guy. He was uh, Baron, not Baron Zimmer, he was, um, fuck, who was he? Baron Von Strucker in uh, the MCU for a hot minute. Uh, but he's back But he's back in this. Uh, Russell, Boyd Holbrook, again, one of those actors who's been on like, the precipice of like, really breaking big. Is this the project to do it, and you decided to see him in this movie? Yeah, I mean, if it's something, obviously, with a notable franchise like Indiana Jones, minus... Crystal Skull, so technically only really made three films. But, uh, you know, Mangold's a good director. I trust him. Obviously, seeing Logan and what he did with that is just a fantastic film. Um, yeah, I, I have a little bit of hope. It can't be worse than Crystal Skull, so uh, why not? Let's give it a shot. Don't challenge him. Uh, no, it's going to be. You, 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 it's almost at this point you would have to want to make it worse than a Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah, do attempt, but he could do it. Yeah. Uh, Adam, what do you think of Boyd Holbrook during the cast of Indiana Jones 5? I think it's great. Um, I think they should go like full dark fate, and the uh, movie just opens with Mads Mikkelsen, you know, killing Indiana Jones. Killing Indiana and then, Jones. Uh, we would take... <laughs> no, honestly, I think I think I think uh, uh, I'm playing solo. I don't know about killing Indy. I don't know about that. Um, I was joking, in case anyone like I don't want people listening to your show to come kill me. Um, I, I like Indy guys. Uh, that said. Um, he broke talented. Um, I feel like so far, their mistakes from the previous film, um, and they're gonna they're gonna keep this more focused. But yeah, you know, I'm curious to see what Harrison's gonna do in this. I really am. How much? I, like, he, how physical can he get? Yeah, my, how much is he gonna move in this movie? I mean, Michael Keaton got like as long as a, a table, punching. right? If you could, if you could throw Michael Keaton yeah. through tables. You can do whatever you want to Harrison Ford. <laughs> Look, if, if fucking if Anthony Hopkins can fight Transformers, Harrison Ford can do this. Absolutely. Put on your big boy pants. We Put got on this. your big. <laughs> if Tom Cruise can do it, so can you. <laughs> uh, yeah, Indiana Jones Five. No, no current release date yet, but likely to come out sometime between 2022 and 2023. 2022. I'm and saying. it's gonna have to. Set, set. It's going to have to be set in the 1960s at this point. They by might, default. They might have to jump to the 70s, because he's getting up there. <laughs> oh, Lord. Want to see Indi- Indiana in the swinging 70s. Uh, next, piece, next piece of news is one that I was shocked to find out about. Because uh, a movie I never thought would get a sequel, but here we are. Uh, Attack the Block is not only getting a sequel... But John Boyega and Joe Cornish are coming back to both star and write and direct. So, yeah, Joe Cornish, again, funny thing about Joe Cornish is he's had an opportunity to direct so many. If you look at the things Joe Cornish has turned down, it's kind of amazing. <laughs> you look at because like he turned down Ant-Man, he turned down Star Wars, he turned down a lot of crap in order to do the kid King Arthur movie, which is your prerogative, dude, whatever. Um, but, yeah, now we're doing Attack the Block, which, again, a movie I really like. I don't know where you go after this because it seemed pretty cut and dry. Aliens are killed. The day is saved. <laughs> I don't know what's left. 
Um, but Adam, uh, you, you seen Attack the Block, and what would you think about the prospect of a sequel? I'm excited that uh, uh, Joe Cornish is back because um, uh, you know he's obviously very selective, and um, and Boyega could do anything for money. So uh, it, I think this bodes well because it seems like it's a passion project for both of them, and I just hope that they don't get. Uh, they don't lose sight of keeping it a small story, keeping the design of the creatures minimal because I love the way they look in the first film. Um, and I don't want to know too much about them, uh, but I would like to see maybe a new location, some new characters. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to see where they'll go with that. And then is it Jodie Whittaker who was in the first one? Jodie Whittaker was in the first one. Yeah, I hope they bring her back because she's just good at everything. And I really like her and Boyega's uh, rapport in that movie. I mean, look, after after she had a less than stellar run of Doctor Who, I'm sure she'd love to come back to this. Again, I haven't seen it because I don't, I don't watch Doctor Who because I think it's fucking dumb. But I do know that, like, for people, for people I know who watched it, that her seasons of Doctor Who uh, just were not very... I, I've heard they weren't very good. Again, don't watch the show. But if that's, if that's, if that's incorrect, <laughs> I do apologize. But... Uh, I did think that's cool that John Boyega is leading, leading another sci-fi franchise again. Just because, you know, when Star Wars came out, we're like, oh, shit, he's going to lead. He's going to be, like, the through line through all these movies. He's going to be, like, the guy. He was the guy for one movie. <laughs> uh, and it's a, it's a letdown. He was, sure, ki- he, he was kind of the guy for movie two. And then movie three, he was decidedly not the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, don't get me started on Finn's arc. It's more than disappointing. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm happy to see him go back to one of his breakout films. You know what? Um, fuck, fuck it. Bring, bring, bring Daisy in on this one. Let, 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 let them have fun that'd be, again. That'd be, that'd be so great. Yeah. Let him, see Daisy let, 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 him have fun, let him have fun together again. So they don't think either of them are going back to Star Wars anytime soon. <laughs> no. No. no br- go, 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 find, go find Oscar on Moon Knight and then bring him in too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just recruit everybody, and uh, and I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure uh, that won't um, hurt their budget at all. But I, I, I am excited to see Joe Cornish do something again, even though it's a sequel to one of his own, one of what two feature films he's done. Yeah, to one, one of two movies he's actually done. So, Russell, you hear Attack the Block sequel? Have you seen Attack the Block? I don't know. Have you? Uh, I have not. Ooh, okay. I know. Uh, it was one, obviously, I, I know about. Um, I heard people talking about it when it came out. I just never got a shot to see it. But, yeah, I mean, I'm obviously, with this being said, with Boyega coming back, I'm intrigued to watch it. Yeah, no, for, for sure. Again, you, sh- you should check out the first one. The first one's like a really fun like sci-fi creature feature. It re- re- really good movie. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, Type of Block, in the works, no one's going to come out, but definitely looking forward to seeing it wherever it does. Uh, next piece of news. The Knives Out sequel is heating up, Russell. It's heating up. Because we talked about last time Dave Batista joined it's the cast. Hot. But he was he was just th- those broad shows were just the found was just the foundation. We're getting more pieces to the mountain. Let me hit you some of these names, Russell. Got Edward Norton joining this cast. We got Janelle Monet up in this cast. We got Catherine Hahn. Maybe she did it, maybe she didn't. Maybe she did, maybe she didn't. We don't know. And finally today, actually, we got announced Leslie Odom Jr. is going to be in this cast. So that's that's four more members, probably going to add a whole lot more. Uh, and, Russell, most importantly, no Jared Leto. I was just going to say. 
That's always the most important part. As long as you don't get your let we're good. That's the most important part of any movie casting. Uh, so, Russell, you, you finally watched Knives Out this year. I did, because we did it for an episode. You did. You hear, you hear this cast for the sequel? You, you excited? Yeah. I mean, I uh, obviously seeing the first one, you know, I was excited. But uh, I like Edward Norton, and you add Chanel Monet and all those other talented actors and actresses. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And Adam... Uh, how do you feel about the first Knives Out? And does this, these additions in the cast get you amped for the sequel? Knives yeah. Out, um, uh, I enjoyed. I saw it. Uh, I, I, enjoy, I saw it a bit later, um, but I like that it's a return to those um, Agatha Christie type mysteries with the big ensemble cast, and I think it 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 reinvigorated a tradition with that genre, which is really exciting. And and now it makes this cast news by itself very exciting um it's just funny how a lot of people anticipate a lot of these 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 uh actors ending up in it because of uh who's trendy right now oh yeah because like batista trending he gets in the movie odom trending he gets in the movie Catherine Hahn, she became a meme and she got in the movie (laughs) so yeah i do think i do think it's a solid cast right around so yeah, Knives Out 2, currently filming right now, likely set for a 2022 release on Netflix. And the last story we're talking about, I say this for last because it's tying into literally the movie we're talking about today. We got some stills from the new Kevin Smith-directed and written animated He-Man show. Uh, Match of the Universe Revelations for Netflix. We got some stills and some, you know, some art for that show. It's going to be... I guess it's going to become the, the Twin Peaks, the return of Master of the Universe. It's going to come back, resolve a lot of plot lines that were still in the air after the original show. I don't remember much of the original show, so I don't remember many, many plot lines still hanging. But, uh, yeah, guys, did, did you guys see these, uh, these, these, these art stills? Yeah, I did. Adam, you see them? Me too. Oh, yeah. All right, so, Adam, what, what, did, you, what did you think of, the, uh, of what we saw from Master of the Universe Revelations? I'm very excited. It reminds me a lot of the uh, Cartoon Network series from the early 2000s. That was quite good. I ha- I own that on DVD. I own the original series on DVD. Um, and, you know, the original series is not something you can binge as an adult. But but I do think uh, the bones of a good story have always been there. And, they, and the Cartoon Network series show that that could be done. And then this new series, I think, could do the same thing. Plus, um, after what I saw, even though I know it was a different production team, Castlevania is one of my favorite animated series um, that they've done, and I think it's one of the best video game adaptations ever. So I'm really excited about the possibility of this being not only good, but good enough to reinvigorate finally getting the live-action movie off the ground. Um, Yeah, well, we saw the first attempt. We'll get to that in a bit. But, Russell... It's a different time, Chance. It's a different age. <laughs> I, I, I didn't say that this movie was perfectly uh, aged well. We're not but, talking. Uh, we're not was... talking about Master Universe here. We're talking about Master Universe Revelations. Let's talk about what, what do you think about the, what we saw from that from that show. No, I, I liked I liked what I saw. Um, like Adam, only I didn't see the uh, Cartoon Network. I, I I grew up watching the original, um, and I just always loved watching those. I, Again, I've been so far removed from it, so I obviously forget what I've watched. Uh, but yeah, if, it kind of what he said. If this can um, kickstart a uh, live-action film, uh, you know, 
in the future, I'm all for it. This looks fun. Yeah, so, I mean, there have been attempts to kickstart a live-action film. Probably not. Probably isn't Bill Well, the main star, Noah Centennial, just left the project. <laughs> um, but it sure the hell has to go a lot better And the movie we're talking about today. Masters of the Universe, 1987. Uh, yeah, this movie came out... There like, it is. Came out in 87. <laughs> uh, it was produced by the Canon Group, which was interesting because they're a group that... Made a lot of their money off like low budget martial arts films and you know the breaking the breaking series breaking one and breaking two electric. Oh, he's getting something he met out. Oh, he's he's is, is, is he going to get his DVD? Yes, he is. It's the same oh, yeah. copy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the one with the clamshell. So I literally um, finished watching it in my hotel room before the show. Know. I've always found awesome. He-Man, I've always found He Man to be an interesting conundrum because. I get it. I get the appeal of it, but watching it back, it's kind of like Top Gun for cartoons. Like you watch it back, like, wow, there's a lot of gay, there's a lot of gay undertones here. Oh yeah. Can I just say that the VH cover is way better, though? Is it? Oh yeah, right. The one you, the like the, the oh uh, yeah, the Struzan style artwork with, with He Man standing next to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, I it was it became it became like it became a meme for being you know. The cartoon to have a bit of an alternate, an alternate view on life. Nothing wrong with that, but it's clearly there. Most because you know his whole disguise is he takes more clothes off, and that somehow doesn't make you recognize him. Uh, so well, of course, it's got nothing on Thundercats. It's which, got it's got nothing on you know Lionel cats. with his uh, sword that that grows. grows. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, of course, back on the popularity of he of He Man. They decided uh, a live-action movie is all but inevitable. How did they do? Well, this movie, well, it's the canon group, so the budget was kept low, and it still didn't make jack shit at the box office. Uh, there's a lot to unpack, so let's get into it. This is Masters of the Universe. First of which, I want to talk about one thing. The title. Masters of the Universe. I, I, first, I didn't understand the mentality. Like, why not put He-Man in the title? He's your star. That's what kids are here to see. They're not here. They don't care about no master of the universe. They want to see He-Man. Want to see the dude with like two belts and a loincloth. Why? Why is He-Man not in the title? I realize why watching the movie, but he should have been in the title. That's just, that's step one. It was uh, based on the popularity of the character at the time. I agree with you. Um, it's a mouthful. So I think I think the studio's like, let's clean up the title. Let's make it simple. But Masters of the Universe was too. Big to a mass audience. Exactly. Now you now problem two. <laughs> the opening credits. Now look, I know Canon had the right to Superman at the time. Till Superman knockoff. They were making Superman and the Quest for Peace at the same time. I don't know what happened. I don't know if they got if the reels got switched, if the animating teams got the assignments confused. Because these opening credits are totally Superman. Not only does it sound like Superman, these opening credits are ripped straight out of the first Superman. <laughs> I keep waiting for Marlon Brando to come and talk to us about Krypton. Yeah, even the uh, the opening score too. Which, you know, what shocked me is the fact that Bill Conti did this score. Yeah, and it's a good score. To be honest, it's derivative of Superman, but it's the score does so much heavy lifting in this film, um, and. And there's just there's moments where like people are literally just standing around and the music starts swelling. I'm like, okay, 
Nothing's happening yet. <laughs> Nothing's happening yet, but okay, Bill Conti, you, you, you play your discount Star Wars themes. Uh, and speaking of heavy lifting, we see we then see the actor who's easily doing the most heavy lifting in this entire goddamn film. I'm not talking about Dolph Long, I'm talking about Franklin Jella as Skeletor. A, yeah. a, a villain that 1980 special effects clearly were not ready for. And don't get me wrong. No, go, go ahead, Russell. At, at the time, no. At, at the time, like I said on our commentary, it was. But it looked more convincing at the time. Like when I watched it in the 90s, like it looked more convincing. I mean, obviously, watching it with glasses in 2021, when you have like what Avatar and all these other mind-blowing special effect films. It obviously does diminish this, but I remember the cheese of this film, and I think that's where I think I am with Adam on that. Um, it's just one of those things where it just takes us back to our childhood, and uh, it's it's fun. It's, it's it's fun, you know. Yeah, I I, I will admit, I think Franklin Jell Escalator is kind of hilarious because the dude is acting like a hundred. I'm amazed how articulate. He's really articulate in it. He I really is. Like, there's one scene later in the movie where like, he gives a speech that I swear lasts like five minutes, and he like doesn't skip a beat. Where it's like, God, my God, damn, he's he's really going for it. He really memorized these lines. And clearly, the best actor in the movie because you tell it's something he really wanted to do. Absolutely, and we talked about it in the commentary. This is a role he took for his kids. The kid, his kids were a fan of the show, or was it his grandkids? Someone, a descendant of Langella, was a fan of this film. So he decided to take he decided to take this movie on, and hey, he had he clearly had fun with it. He clearly had a lot of fun. There's so many Star Wars ripoffs in this movie, but oh, there's a ton. I I will say like I love that they just flat out like they're like all right, we're just gonna let him look like the Emperor, and his entire uh, army of shock troops are just gonna be little Darth Vaders yeah. or little Death Star operators or Those yeah guys, Death Star operators like the clamshell helmets yeah. yeah. That's exactly what these things are. Uh, speaking of which, we then meet our main character of the movie. Okay, no, okay, no, not the main character, but the we'll get, to, get to that one in a second. But the character that people came to see, He Man, played by Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> it it kind of showcases Dolph's biggest weakness as an actor: talking. It's the one thing he can't do. <laughs> Well, especially back then, he's 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 as good as he's gonna get now. But it, like you saw him in like Creed two, they played to his strengths. They limited his lines. Uh, they made him do his staring thing. That's what he's best at. But it's really hard to see like one of the most iconic '80s villains become He Man within two years. Like it's a lot to ask Americans to accept uh, when this guy two years ago was like. A metaphor for everything that Communism. Americans were paranoid about. Yeah, and then he comes back and he plays this beloved character for children, and he's He-Man in name only. I love Dolph a lot as an action fan, but he—he's honestly the the best part is uh, um, James told. We'll get to Lubick because I have so much to say about him. But he, when he's like, he's like he's asking everyone questions and he looks at He-Man. Let's start with you, Blondie, and Dolph is just like, uh, we're not your enemies. He, he's just like completely unfazed by anything that's happening. He's like, uh, uh let's go over here. Here's a Skeletor wants the key. 
I have the power. <laughs> He's very <laughs> casual in this movie. He is very casual. <laughs> Not to mention he has an accent that's undefinable, like it's Russian, Scanda, German. German. He's obviously trying to hide his accent, but he doesn't know what he's doing. But yet. he doesn't know how to do it. He like can't get Schwarzenegger. It yeah, it's like Schwarzenegger. No, but Schwarzenegger does try to hide his accent. That's the thing. He like knows, like, look, you, look, look, you, you know what you're getting to me. I'm not going to hide an accent. It's hard. Or, or Colin Farrell in Miami Vice. Or Colin Farrell in Miami Vice, who did nothing to hide his. He didn't get good. <laughs> he, he didn't get good American until the 2010s. Yeah, that boy's Irish. You can definitely tell. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you know, we see the you know, uh, Skeletor trying to take over the realm of Eternia, which looks. I don't know why he wants to take this place over. This place is so incredibly uninteresting. All yeah, like, and Skeletor has the nerve to call Earth primitive. Primitive. Later. Yeah, like, he calls the place primitive. Look at where you're living. Your planet sucks. Yeah. yeah. It's all rock. It's all rocks, bushes, and your goddamn castle. You can have this fucking and a, place. And a painting of, it's rocks and a painting of a castle. Yeah, that's it. That's all you have. That's why you told, told Chance there's no, nobody around. Like, you can have there's it. There's nobody it's a here. It's a shithole take. Yeah, there's a scene later in the movie where he's like, he's, he's addressing Eternia. He's like, I have got the key to, to destroy the world. They, 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 cut, they cut to a wide shot. It's four people. That's it. That is literally, that's all Eternia. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, yeah. I, it's, it's a real shithole compared to the, the TV show. Yeah. But anyways, so... Uh, we then meet his uh, He-Man sidekicks, Man-at-Arms, who is significantly older in this movie than he is in the show. Uh, and uh, I think it's his daughter, right? Or his sister? I don't know who this other girl Tila. is. Tila. Tila. Yeah, it's his daughter, Tila. His daughter, Tila. Uh, in the show, she's adopted, and the sorceress is her biological mother. Ah, good to know. Not, that ca- not the case in the movie. <laughs> Something else I'm noticing is there, there are a lot of crotch shots in this movie. Like, so many guys getting lasers to the crotch. Again, add, yeah, adding, 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 to the, adding to the gay, over, gay overtones of this film. We then meet... Uh, uh, yeah. Is that there's good? Me, there's more to come. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a lot more, especially with, with this guy. It's the most important character in the film, Gwildor, played by who gives a shit. We had this like little, Gildor. like, gremlin dwarf thing following us around. That I I'm assuming was supposed to be Orko in one draft, yeah. but then they just don't make him Orko. They couldn't do a floating magician, like just, just floating fucking, magician elf. That's too much for this. Just fucking. You saw what they tried, tried to do with flying objects in this movie, and it's pitiful. We do, but still, just just fucking just fucking just, just paint him blue and tie him to the ceiling. That's it. That's all he got to do. <laughs> Say, uh, dude, get down from the corner. You've been in that corner of the ceiling there for a while. Come down. Yeah, so anyways. Yeah. Uh, Gwildor has invented this thing, the Cosmic Key, which uses music notes in order to travel between dimensions. It was, it was the 80s. Synthesizers ruled the world. Uh, so... <laughs> uh, yes. So, I think... So, here's my question. So, he has one and Skeletor has one? Well, Skeletor didn't know Gwildor built another one. Yeah, and he's super pissed when he finds out, and uh, that's how that's how everything gets out of hand. Yeah, so they fi- they find out, and then they es- and then they uh, that is escape Castle Grayskull before freeing the sorceress of of uh, Eternia, whose name I can't remember. It's not important because she's barely in the film, anyways. They go. Th- well, they she's g- just sorceress. Yeah, sorceress. She's played by Christina Pickles. Yeah, uh, 
the other friends actor in this movie. Everyone knows her. Oh yeah. Uh, so they go through they go through the portal and they end up in the mystical realm of. I've been told it's New Jersey. I see California. I have no idea where this is. Point is, they're on Earth. Now this is a trope that I really can't stand in in cartoons turned movies, and they always do it. And this is probably the first one to do it. You have this cool okay, and I use cool very loosely, but you have their own worlds where they go and they do stuff and they have adventures. And what do you do? You send them to boring ass Earth. <laughs> Like why? You go to Earth when you run out of cash. Chances, you, that's, you, you, you do go when you run out of cash. Which uh, oh they, they they run out of cash hard in this movie later on. It's abundantly clear. It's abundantly but clear when need, they run out of cash. You, you need rations though, you know. So you have to stop at the chicken place. You gotta you know? stop. You gotta stop. You gotta There's stop a lot of chicken imagery in this movie. So much chicken. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, they, they meet they meet a cow who I'm assuming was lost by David Lynch while campaigning for Laura Dern. Uh, so yeah, they go they go and explore Earth. That, that that cow scene is amazing. Yeah, look, yeah, they're in the they're out well, of the woods and they just find this Ooh. random cow in the wilds. And it's like right to next to, to a restaurant. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> they, that's where all their money went. That's where all the money went. They bought the they bought the <laughs> Dude, cow. Dude, you gotta get this cow near the restaurant. I feel like that scene was supposed to be a deer, and they couldn't get a trained deer, so they're like, just throw a cow in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> ah, That's ah, a chance at commentary. We can't find a deer. What do we do? What do we do instead? A cow? <laughs> that's, that's, they, won't know, they won't know the difference. Uh, we then meet the real main character of this film, Courtney Cox, whose name I did not bother to remember. Julie Winston. Oh, it is. Oh, it is Julie. Okay, uh, the pop in my head. I'm like, that, that can't be it. Yeah, Julie Winston, uh, who works at a, a restaurant. Who I, I cause one was real. It's not Robbie's Chicken and Rib. This movie gets you really want chicken and ribs. I'll say that right now. Uh, I do want chicken and ribs every time I watch this. Yeah, and Chance and I are <laughs> going to open that restaurant. Robbie's. We're starting it. The pop the pop up restaurant. It's one of those old like triangle style buildings too. Yeah. Uh, like one of those A frame style restaurants. I, those are very nostalgic. Yeah. Oh, like absolutely. The the road. Yeah. So she's going off with her boyfriend because he's tr- trying to be a big shot musician. Uh, the master, the you know, he man's homies spend an ungodly amount of time just ste- they steal random people's chicken buckets. It's like wh- why? You're just being you're just being jerks at that point. With a grappling hook. With a grappling hook. It's yeah. like a dick. Without spilling any of the chicken. Too. <laughs> And and the couple making out, not hearing it, and not hearing it. Yeah. Bro, you lost you lost your ten piece. Uh, now, the reason Julie and her boyfriend, again, whose name I can't remember, Adam, help me out. Kevin Corrigan. Kevin. The reason they become main characters in this film is because they just so happen to find the cosmic key. Uh, it's in the graveyard where Julie's parents sucks when are you find him, McGuffin. Sucks when you find it. It's there in the graveyard where Julie's parents are buried because of a plane, because of the very you know common occurrence of a plane crash in the 1980s. So common. Very, very common. I love his brain. Well, you know what? They were, they, were, they were flying to Catalina, specifically. That's true. To the wine so mixer? It is, it is set in California. Maybe. They were trying to go to the wine mixer, but, but yeah, it is a West Coast uh, setting, I think. Yeah. But I, did, I just think it's funny that the boyfriend is like, oh, yeah, those things happen. 
Like, not, not she talks about the plane crash. All oh, those things happen. Not, not, not 1986, they don't. Oh, man. Uh, but I also do like the line they have when they find it. It's like, must be one of those new Japanese machines. Yes, because, again, in the 80s, every weird machine that you didn't, that you never recognized was Japanese. That's what it was. It was, yeah, it was they, an alien. They, they suggest it's Japanese multiple times, and then when they, they get sick of saying that, the like, Lubick at one point is like, you think it's Russian, maybe? <laughs> yeah, Japanese or Russian, sure. one of those two things. Yeah, they, they think it's a synthesizer, which you're a musician, dude. You know what a synthesizer looks like. That's not it. So they end up taking it, and they, by accident, signal Castle Grayskull where they're going. So Skeletor decides to send... I'm not going to say he's biggest and baddest, but he sends people after him. <laughs> you got Beast Man, yeah. who looks... Let's disregard Beast. Way, yeah, <laughs> Beast Man, nay Beast. Uh, you got... What's the eye patch guy? The, Blade. The Hopper, Blade. 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 One of the rip one of the ripoffs from a, a, a ripoff from Labyrinth, and I then remember the, getting that figure blade. I told you that. Yeah, and then uh, some snake with a football helmet. <laughs> Sorod. Sorod. Did anybody who made this movie watch the show? Because there's so many villains you can plug and play here. Like, he spends the true. only one who made the cut, like him, Evil In and Skeletor. Yeah. Like the other three were made up. Yeah. Uh, I, well, I don't know. Was Blade in the cartoon, Russell? Blade was not. He was I not. don't think so because I we we looked it up. It was funny because uh, Chance looked it up because I was thinking that Blade was a cartoon character, but he wasn't. Yeah, yeah, and Sorod and and freaking Karg, that guy with the 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 like the white hair. I don't even know what you call that hair. The white Winona <laughs> Judd do. What is that? <laughs> that stick your finger in a socket hair. Exactly. Karg is something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, again, like we wh- wh- where's Merman? Where's Trapjaw? Where's where are all these other villains? Triclops. Triclops. Yeah, where's that guy? So they get to Earth. They get to the school. They get to the school where Cordy Cox is by herself, by the way. Boyfriend of the year over here. And then... <laughs> this, okay, this part cracks me up. This, like, this is one, probably one few genuine laughs I got this movie. Like, there's like a... Like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know if he's a janitor. I don't know if he's a student. He's wearing a Letterman jacket, so tell me he's a student, but he's very clearly too old. Like, he just comes up on all these, like, weirdos, and he just beat the shit out of him for no reason. And that dude gets it worse than anybody in the movie. Well, Beastman has this, like, particular approach. He, like, does, like, the full face, like, like palm <laughs> to the face. And that poor janitor, that poor bastard, just wanders into, into the room, and he's like, hey, you can't be in here. And I love he sees these alien humanoid beast creatures, and he's like, you can't be in here. Like, no, no. I, I don't know what town this is, but nobody in this town is phased by these people. You gotta. No, they're a little off, put off, but yeah, they're a little put you off. Also, gotta love. You gotta love the ketchup like they use for his blood. Like <laughs> everything causes a bloody nose. It's all bloody nose. They, 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 they couldn't afford shoulder. They couldn't afford uh, fucking forehead cuts. No. Uh, yeah, that was the go-to injury for this film. But yeah, that guy. He was the. He was the one that like to show you that yeah they're not gonna kill anybody. But they're gonna really beat him up a lot. They will seriously maim, but they will not kill. That's the concession they're can making. Can you imagine? Today. Can you imagine if Vader and Palpatine had operated that way? <laughs> just run around punching people in the face. Just, 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 just beat, just beating all the rebels to, to unconsciousness. Kick, yes, kick it, Ewoks. <laughs> yeah. So the the school burns down. Cordy Cox runs away, and that's where she runs into our ambiguously gay hero, E-Man. 
Uh, they, he fights him off in a fight. Another fight that's poorly edited, but here's the, here's the thing I want, another one I want to bring up. He-Man's iconic weapon. The sword, right? Sword of Eternia. You know, holds it up like, I got the power, all that good shit. He never uses the sword in this movie. He's always shooting guns. Yeah. That's disappointing. Yeah. Um, I mean, he uses it a little bit. They have a couple token moments that call back to the cartoon, but it's it's pretty hollow because that sword is the equivalent of a lightsaber. It can bounce, you know, lasers back and forth. Um, it's It's got a lot of, you know, unique powers. It's, it's like Mjolnir as well. Um, and and in this, he's just like, I'm just going to wear it, and I'm going to pick up this gun, and I'm Dolph Lundgren, so I'm going to sidekick some people too. Um, so it's just, it, it left something to be desired. I agree with you. Yeah. What do you think, Russell? No, I, like, honestly, the, the funny part about it is, is, like, any time that he, he's wielding the sword, you ever notice that Lundgren's always, like, wincing? Like, oh, I just can't, I don't know if I can pick it up. I don't know. It's like, dude, you're like a bodybuilder. You're like, a, you're you a bodybuilder, like and that's, like a, that's like, like a big old hunk of plastic. You're, you're fine. You're fine, dude. Yeah, it's like, you have the physique of Hercules. I think you're okay. <laughs> uh, I gotta swing this like, sword. I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> now, 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 um, uh, when it comes to uh, Blade, um, the very imposing villain, Blade, um, I, within five minutes of meeting him, he says that line, uh, um, I've waited a long time for this and starts fighting He-Man, and there's no reason for us to care when we're, we've just met the character, obviously. But at least he uses the sword in that scene. Yeah, and and he and he and he makes Blade his bitch in five seconds. He does, um, which is not a surprise because that actor is like the size of Dolph Lundgren's leg. Yeah, now Blade is no match for He Man, whoever the hell he is. <laughs> I, I kept waiting for the backstory, which we find out he 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 took his eye because he looks like the prototype of Dennis yeah. Hopper in Waterworld. I think they like yeah he does he does look like Hopper in Waterworld, but um, I feel like they started to like do like. Uh, sketches of Triclops in a live-action movie. The guy with the spinning... You, you know what I'm talking about, Russell. You remember Triclops? Yeah, yeah, yeah. vaguely. Yeah. vaguely. Yeah, he's got, like, the spinning eyes on his head. Um, and they probably just gave up. And they're like, we'll just put an eye patch on him. Put, put that was good. No, that was good. Notice. Might as well call him Jolly Roger. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we, we fight off Dolph Lundgren's maybe the best line read of his career where it's just like, it's a, it's a cosmic key. It's got blinking lights and goes and looks like this. It's like, what, 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 dude, no. Either that was in the script and it was not taken out or, or Dolph Lundgren improvised that. Either way, no. You can't I feel like this. most of his dialogue was ADR in this film. It feels oh, like absolutely. it. At a second glance, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, we cut back to the school and that's where we meet someone who, Adam, you were, you were dying to talk about. I think your favorite character in the movie. Oh, yes. Lubick, played by James Tolkien. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, Detective Lubick is uh, the scene stealer of the film for me. Uh, James Tolkien, uh, the beloved principal from Back to the Future, um, really gets to stretch his dick chops in this and be, a, you know, really rude to kids. Um, he hates Kevin Corrigan from the moment he meets him. Like they they squabble and argue the whole film, but then like they begrudgingly like each other as as the story goes on. But I love it because like. He's just so dead set on arresting anyone he can, whether that's Kevin, whether that's Skeletor, Evil Inn, He-Man, who he refers to as Blondie at one point. <laughs> um, I, he has he's he's just so fed up with this alien invasion in his town. He's had it. Enough is enough. 
I have had it with these motherfucking Eternians in this motherfucking town. And them casually riding their hovercrafts into my town and going <laughs> exceptionally slow. We'll, well get to, under get the get speed limit. We'll get we'll get and to the hovercrafts. Grand entrance. Yeah. We'll get to the hovercrafts. Uh, but uh, so yeah, he uh, so Lubick and Kevin are off doing their thing. Meanwhile, Julie meets the other Eternians, and we see them riding their trusty, their new trusty, mo- you know, He-Man mobile, a pink convertible, a pink convertible. <laughs> come on, come on, like. Look, the gay undertones in this show are and, and movie are there enough, but you gotta give him the Barbie dream car too. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, though. Gwildor, Gwildor has no. I mean, there's no irony with Gwildor. Gwildor's just doing his thing, you know. And and you know he wanted he found the car and and souped it up. Um and and you know. He becomes, you know, He-Man's Uber driver for the rest of the film, which is kind of cute. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not the most macho choice. But I mean, uh, based on the way Dolph Lundgren is dressed in this film, you know, I, I, I think it's the, the least of its problems. No one, um, no one would look, no one would think twice. They saw Dolph Lundgren dressed like that in this car. But does like Gwildor have like wooden pegs to operate the vehicle? Oh, like short round and Temple of Doom. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's no way he's going to be able to reach that. No, he just has like this magical like device on the on the dashboard that he's like, look, and he just pushes a button, and then it sounds like a DeLorean, and it goes forward. <laughs> Again, add, add that to the to the ripoff side pot. We got we got a lot in it so far. It's an '80s mixed mm-hmm. bag, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. So, uh, Skeletor's Skeletor's homies go back. Skeletor like, hey, bro, we messed up. Like, okay, you know what? Fuck, one of you's gonna die, and he vaporizes lizard football to help lizard football helmet guy for no reason. Sorod, respect. Respect him. <laughs> uh, but back to the back to the real back to the real movie. We had to go back to Kevin and Lubick because I, I, I love the, I love this whole part right here because what happened? They go back to Julie's house, and then like they uh, he starts like Lubick starts messing with the key, and like he just starts like pushing random buttons. And you're you're watching this like, dude, that's a teleport. You're gonna fuck around and send yourself to Mars or some or some shit. <laughs> Just avoid the year 2020. Avoid 2020 at all cost. Please, I, just <laughs> skip it. I love Lubick just slapping his fat <laughs> fingers on that thing. Just like, burp, 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 burp. <laughs> burp, He does not burp. give a shit. No, he doesn't care. Anything. He has no idea of the stakes. <laughs> no. He's in a completely different movie. Oh, yeah. And I feel like James yeah. Tolkien, I feel like this is like James Tolkien, like, oh, my God, I get to be in more than five minutes of the movie. Yeah. Let's go. I get some action scenes. I actually get to be in the car and shoot a gun. <laughs> yeah, I get to carry over my character in Back to the Future. I'm down. Yeah, yeah. He has more screen time in this than he does probably Top Gun, Back to the Future, and oh, all of Back to the Future combined. Well, I identify with him with a shotgun that uh, James Tolkien because of this movie and Back to the Future parts two and three. Absolutely. Uh, you know, because print, you know, alternate 1985 principle Strickland uses the shotgun. And then his ancestor uses a gun to sheriff or whatever. Yeah, Ooh, la, I know la. this isn't a not a Back to the Future podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So the attorney get back to Earth. This time Skeletor is with them. They have some weird bullshit attorney technology where like you po- like you point this like ray thing at like an area, and you can see everything that happened there, <laughs> like 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 ten minutes ago. Just like, and the worst part is they ne- they never use this thing again. No. Yeah, it's like that. 
that seems like it could change a lot of situations. Um, <laughs> it could. And, 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 and then there's a big reveal towards the end, which we'll talk about, too, which would have changed the entire movie. Would have changed the entire movie, which, which, which we'll get to. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, they, can, they, continue, they continue on. They, ha- they have their co- they have the cosmic key. Oh, actually, no, they don't have it. They go, they go and try to find it. Lubick confiscates it. <laughs> He's like, I'm taking this to evidence. If this is clean, you'll get it back. And he's like, no, don't take it. Like, dude, it's clean. You're going to get it back. <laughs> he has no grounds to keep this thing. <laughs> it may, even even if it's Japanese and or Russian, he has no grounds to keep it. He just wants he just wants to do his job. He just wants to do some kind of paperwork, I think. I think it must have been the end of the month. I just want to get it into evidence. The Kevin, fu- if that's your real name. <laughs> the fucked up part is the fact that like he, he doesn't even take it to evidence. He takes it back to the goddamn record shop. Yeah, the place we've already been. And the best part is when he goes back to Charlie, he's like, uh, Kevin said you know what this was. And Charlie's like, I've already seen this shit. I don't know what it is. And, and then Lumix's like, all right, fine. <laughs> like, he's such a good cop. Okay, <laughs> if you say so. Uh, but... We then get like a weird series, oh, it's just a strange series of events because the attorneys show up, and Lubick just like everyone in this town, he doesn't give a rat's ass who these people are. It's like I don't care who you are, you're going to jail. <laughs> so arresting somebody, somebody's coming with them. It was like Gwildor yeah. was like, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> yeah, poor Gwildor. I feel like he's like borderline subject to a few hate crimes in this film like with the way people treat him like <laughs> every time he meets somebody they're like what the hell are you yeah it's like, I'm like what, what? And, he, and, he, and he's so unoffended he's like i'm gwildor <laughs> pronouns people pronouns pronouns <laughs> hashtag, hashtag all gwildors matter <laughs> uh, so, he just yeah. wants listen he just wants to go with the flow of things man he's he just wants to have fun and, and be friendly you know yeah, yes. and call people tropedoms, which I don't even know what that is, but he keeps calling them that, and it's hilarious. Yeah, that's... and I didn't know that until I had the subtitles on. I never knew what he was saying. I was like, "What is <laughs> tropedom? Okay, you're a tropedom." That'd be funny. It's like it the attorney like, in... for asshole. <laughs> no, I thought it was like the attorney equivalent for scrotum or something. I was like, "What is <laughs> that?" That'd be even funnier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but we digress. Yeah, Skeletor is on me. Show up. The, the the biggest fight of this film, besides the end, takes place in this record shop. And you feel really bad for the guy who owned this shop because he gets. I hope this guy had insurance because he gets he gets the raw end of the deal in this film. Yeah, Oof. better like, not be late on that insurance payment. I hope not. Oof. Yeah, like, God, Charlie. Charlie was just minding his business, and Kevin's like, "Hey, is this Japanese?" And his whole life is ruined <laughs> <laughs> from that short dialogue. It's all downhill. That was the last thing they said to me before my shop went under. <laughs> uh, so, uh, and uh, not the funniest part of it. Like, there are a lot of like really just hilarious side bits in this film. But in, in, in this bit right here, first of which, like while they are all shooting their layers at each other, Lubick is still trying to make arrests because I didn't know where he just snaps on Kevin and then just tries to arrest him. Got to do his job, man. Well, well, Tila puts Kevin in a thankless position. Like she's like. You keep that gun pointed on this policeman, and we'll be right back. And he's like, Tila, you don't understand how Earth works. This is like a tense, uncomfortable situation for me to be in, pointing a gun at this really angry policeman who 
really hates my guts to begin with. And then, of course, Lubick just tackles him. But yeah. that's what that's what Gwildor pulls the gun out. And he's like, "You're acting like Trumptums." <laughs> Gwildor, put a cap in your ass. <laughs> oh man! But if that seeing was... Billy Barney hold that gun is quite a sight. <laughs> but if that wasn't enough, guys, what a shock! Courtney Cox's mom is alive. No. What? No. She's not alive. Is that, that why they went out of their way to show us five photos of her before she shows up in the movie? Yeah. <laughs> Which, Russell Point has made our commentary. She looks kind of like Tila. <laughs> so I, I, now, I, I told Chance that, that that locket, when she opens it up and sees both of her parents, looks exactly like her. Yeah, it's like they they they, they have some pictures in the background, too. But, yeah, they, did, they had a lot of photos of the parents that they thrust in front of the camera just to, like, hey, you know, we're probably going to meet these people. Don't forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so basically, it's like, hey, hey, Courtney Cox, I'm alive. But I need one thing. It's just like a little thing. It's got blinking lights. It's called a cosmic key. I think your you homie's got one in there. You'll, you'll get it for me. You never talked about this when you were alive. What are you doing? All the, all, yeah, all the conversations we ever had about cosmic keys from other dimensions. <laughs> Yeah, and there's there's no way. It's like okay, like okay, and she goes and she goes and grabs it and it just gives it to her, and then we're like, ha ha, sucker! I'm not your mom. She's dead. And and, I, yeah, and that, and the when she comes in, she just grabs it. She runs out the door, and 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 then Kevin runs after her. Lubick's like, what the hell? And then Gwildor's just still sitting there with the gun, like <laughs> he was doing his job. Yeah, <laughs> I just think. I do think Phoebe would never have done that, though, on Friends. I'm Phoebe. just saying. As airheaded as she was, I don't think she would ever do that. Would Joey that have done sense. it? May- uh, maybe. He would have licked the cosmic key. Yeah, it's probably. If, 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 yeah. if they offered him a sandwich, probably, probably oh, would have it over. Yeah. It would have been done. But yeah, just like, ha-ha, here's my, ha-ha, I gotcha, gotcha, bitch. And but funny thing is, it reminds me of Spaceballs. Like, remember that scene where like the king, the king comes back and it's like, yes, I'm your father. Would I lie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, a little disappointed in Julie in that scene. You know, she expected more from her. Extremely She's better than that, absolutely. I also expect more from Skeletor's troops because they 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 couldn't hit a broadside of barn. They were three feet away from it. Because after that, they go they get the cosmic key. They're running out into the alley. He Man, uh, Man at Arms, and Tila all run out. They're in the middle of the alley, dead center, no cover. And they still cannot hit them. No, no. not at all. And and um, I also just—it's hilarious that like the, the entire movie, uh, Skeletor's shock troops are are just trying to attack like three people. Yeah. Like that—that—that's like like constantly. It's it's just like the, all those Darth Vader stormtrooper guys show up, and then and and our three heroes. And kind of Kevin and Julie sometimes uh, uh, fight them off quite easily. I mean, they're 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 terrible at their jobs. They're they not. must be new. They literally probably didn't go through the training. They didn't have enough time to train them. So <laughs> I think they're like, oh, we got we got to do this now, guys. We don't have time. We don't have time for training. We just, just got to go. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> uh, so can't they... even imagine the holes in that training program. <laughs> <laughs> they get the cosmic key. They open up the gate to bring Skeletor back in. This is the part we're talking about earlier. The hu- the hoverboards. Uh-oh. Oh boy, where the movie really shines, huh? (laughs) 
Yeah, Skeletor, uh, Skeletor's homies coming out. He's got his dark troopers, and he's got the like, other troopers via, like, tailspin hover disc coming out. And yeah. Again, yeah. This, is a, this is an effect that Cannon clearly was not equipped to handle. Yeah, the budget the budget definitely shows, and the and the Centurion guys on the hoverboards is one thing, but when Dolph gets on one of those, <laughs> that's when it really gets into high gear. Um, and and when you see when you see He Man take off on one of those hoverboards for the first time and just go by like a mannequin, uh, when they're like, "Where's He Man?" and he just floats like gingerly by, uh, it is it is amazing. I, I, Almost like a flat Stanley. Yes. <laughs> no, literally, it's, it's like they, they took a picture of Dolph on the hoverboard and then just like dragged it across the screen. Yeah, you put him on a popsicle stick. Here I am. Yes. <laughs> just keep, yeah. keep copy pasting him all around the frame. <laughs> you guys got to talk about his like Skeletor's super slow moving barge. It looks like a miniature version of Jabba's sail barge. It looks like a miniature version of Jabba's sail barge because of the time machine from the time machine the movie. Yeah, it's it's definitely Return of the Jedi vibes though for sure. Not to mention, but like nobody's seeing this. <laughs> yeah, it looks like the world's most unpopular parade. Like yeah. every time he's going down the street, it's like no one showed up for the Fourth of July, and yeah. and Skeletor's July. and Skeletor's like Joker at the end of Batman. Like, where is everybody? Like, where's my party? It's and, like the, and, uh, what were you like the Fourth of July in 2020. Yes, <laughs> very much. It's very cor- very quarantine. Nobody can come outside. Nobody can go outside. Right? It's like we're good. And and I love it when like. They have this one scene. Uh, many scenes are on rooftops, um, uh, but like, there's this one scene where Skeletor comes up and yells at everybody, and then his his hovercraft starts to float down behind the building, but it's way too slow. <laughs> and it's like, are you gonna leave Skeletor, or we have to wait? <laughs> it's like I'll take the elevator down. Like Austin Powers, he just goes yes. down. Yeah, and he's like maintaining eye contact with everybody while he goes. <laughs> I'm watching. He's like, I'm watching. Yes, I'm going down. <laughs> A little, little, little faster. Can we hit now? Okay. I'm still going. Ah. i got to charge this thing. Uh, batteries are low. <laughs> uh, so after He-Man's thrilling hoverboard chase, uh, they get they get all... Skeletor corners all of his all his people on the roof. And he's like, look, just come to Eternia, be my slave, and I will let your, pe- I will let your people go. If not, I will kill, I will kill them. And just prove my point, Boom. Fatal shot to Courtney Cox's calf. Yeah, I mean that's she's done. That's that's the that's that must be her Achilles heel in this Achille, movie. Is the leg heel. area, <laughs> the, the, the whole calf. She's done. She's done. And he's like, and he's like, yeah. oh, He's like, all right, I'll go. Yeah, yeah. That's a it's a heart wrenching scene. Um, I mean, uh, it's I feel bad for Courtney Cox because yeah, once this happens, she just lays around until like the very end. Um. But um, I do think it's cool that, like, they rip off Emperor Palpatine's lightning uh, along with his costume. Um, oh, sure. Instead of putting Skeletor in the iconic purple costume, yeah. uh, they make him look like the Emperor. Uh, slash the Grim Reaper, I guess. But um, he, when he zaps her, it's not just lightning. It's poison lightning. <laughs> I mean, it, it's plightning. <laughs> yes. Poison. Yes. It's, it's, poise, it's poisoning. <laughs> it's poisoning. <laughs> and, and of course, only uh, Christina Pickles can save her. So they got to get back to the source. That's the sorceress, by the way. Yeah, o- o- celebrated only... soap opera actress Christina Pickles. O- o- only Monica Geller's mom can save Monica Geller. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
exactly. But they all go back to Eternity, and they have no way to get back because uh, Gwildor can't remember the melody in order to figure out how to you know get back to Eternity. It's a good it's thing, pretty Kevin. Pathetic, given how much of a yeah, right? supposed genius this guy is. Yeah, what the hell, Gwildor? I think Gwildor was thinking, da na 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 Oh, wait, no. no never, never mind, never mind. That's later on. <laughs> it's a clap sequence. Ah, damn it. Wrong. Uh... But it just so happens that Kevin's a musician, so he can remember the melody. Uh, what are the odds? Oh, that's why he's a musician. I get it. I see what you're doing. Yeah, so, and it just so happens that they have everything they need to build this this thing right on hand. Mm-hmm. What but are the odds? Have, he did have to go to the music shop for the keyboard, though. The keyboard. So he did have a little bit of a journey. Keep. Keep, mm-hmm. Keyboard save the day. I mean, I, I, I guess Oingo Boingo didn't get credit for the script. <laughs> Ch- Charlie must have had one buried pretty deep in that store. If it was still in one piece. <laughs> it's been in a lockbox or something. Yeah, it was probably buried under the cement, like John Wick style. Because <laughs> that place was wrecked. Yeah, but they get so uh, Skeletor and He Man get back to Castle Grey Skull, and it's this point where I'm like, what the hell am I watching? Because <laughs> the whole thing like, he's there. And he's getting he's getting whipped by this like red Twizzler whip. This <laughs> red the, vine. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is like <laughs> they clear they clearly just had like Dolph lean into wherever the whip was and just animated where it's where he was leaning. It's like to the left, to the right. To the, oh, oh god. <laughs> you you literally could have just used a real whip. Yeah. And yeah, I mean. it would have been a lot more effective. But you know, it's an it's an attorney and skeletor licorice whip. So. We, we, we can't afford we can't afford extras, but we're going to get this. This is why we can't afford extras. This is why Attorney only has like four people there. <laughs> Put all the mo- like, rest like, the money dude, in this We can't. We just can't. We spent all of our money on licorice. We can't. We can't. Yeah. They can't afford special effects, so they fudge animation over some of the film stock a few times. And this is one example. <laughs> oh, it's it's pretty rough. It's pretty it's, rough. It's, re- it's really bad. Oh, yeah. Uh, so they managed to re so they managed to rebuild the cosmic key back on Earth, but Lupic is on to them, and he's gonna he's gonna shut him down. He's like you stop you stop what you're doing right now. Yeah, he finally got his backup. He finally got uh, his backup. His very skeptical backup, who don't buy into his alien theories, and yet they're all there. Yeah. Um, but you gotta assume like Lubick has some kind of reputation because like all these cops are like lined up behind him, but they're all snickering. <laughs> they're and like. Yeah. Like, let's go see what Lubick's like onto now, because this guy's nuts, and and we'll never let him live it down. You know, yeah. so he, like, I, I feel like that's something going on there. It's like it's like he this tried guy to clearly like, believes in Area Fifty One. Oh yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he 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 used an APB call for Bigfoot at one point. Yeah, it's like what is it this time? Like, let's see what let's see how bizarre this can be. Uh, but it turns out he he he's, he was onto me this time because the cosmic key works transports them all back. Transports them and their diorama back to Eternia because oh my gosh. they're transported with, with like a half a car <laughs> and the backside of a wall. Is that is that Charlie's wall? Because if so, have you done enough? Have you done enough damage to his business? You got to bring down his building too. That thing's gonna collapse. That thing's gonna collapse. Or a building that is, it, it collapsed. It's gone. It's like, dude, you don't have a store anymore, buddy. No, Sorry. you don't. <laughs> yeah. Pack it in. Find a new profession. Uh, but right before, uh, as that's happening, Skeletor goes off. Uh, I think I talked about this earlier. The longest monologue in the entire. He's going on for like five straight minutes, talking about like, ah, I got the power. 
and I'm going to be the god, the master of the universe. And he starts glowing. <laughs> he starts glowing yellow. All of which leads to the moment uh, in our commentary. This this broke me. Because he transformed into like this, a, a costume, another costume that's an alternate version of his toy. And he looks like this like golden like, pimp crab claw. He looks, he looks ridiculous. He looks fabulous. What are you talking about? Skeletor is feeling himself in this final scene. He's become he's become a peacock. You know, like this is the way he really sees himself. Chance, you know, this guy coming out of the closet. You know, he's he's more than coming out of the closet. The guy is like making an announcement to the whole universe. Um, you know, when he's given that speech, he's not just giving a speech. It's a close up, and he's looking right into the lens. Yeah, like like Langella's not like messing around with that final speech. No. Uh, so I feel like the costume change is earned at that point because <laughs> Langella's taking this movie more seriously than anybody. Oh, absolutely. And, and he deserves that, that fabulous getup. <laughs> it's just a bad Steppenwolf, like an even worse Steppenwolf, mm-hmm. I think, with the big, the big huge like Ste- hand that's coming out of the crown or whatever the hell. Ste- Ste- yeah, he's got like a spider yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. helmet or something on. It, it's Steppenwolf, if you like an even bigger, gayer Viking. <laughs> they should have just had a fruit basket on his head, a gold fruit basket. Just go, 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 full Chiquita banana and put the, put put, put a bunch of fruits on his Why head. Why not? <laughs> I like it. Uh, but you know, a drawback of this new costume is it makes his aim suck because he, he sh- every time he shoots at He Man, it doesn't work. He shoots at He Man, he needs to break the chain. Shoots at him again, shoots one of his own soldiers. Shoots at him again, shoots another one of his own soldiers. I want the audio of those soldiers. <laughs> Ah, I'm gonna just, ah, you dick! <laughs> they just, they just fall over. Yeah, I want to know what those soldiers look like underneath the helmet too. Like, <laughs> are they other? Are they little skeletors? Are they human beings? I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also it begs the question: like, why in the hell is he like shooting with his staff when he can use hand lightning? Yeah, he has hand lightning. What are you doing? He has hand poison lightning at that. You have hand poison yeah. lightning. If you have hand like disintegration rays, why are you using your staff? Uh, yeah, I don't think they, nobody knows what the hell to use. I think in this, no. he 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 man breaks free. Uh, James Sulkin says the line I'm assuming he was waiting the entire shoot to say, like nobody takes a shot at Lubick. <laughs> nobody <laughs> takes pot shots. Nobody takes pop shots at Lubick. Yeah, and then he does it. the full. <laughs> yeah. And they're and they're doing like close-ups of the of the barrel when he fires, like the midsection close-ups while he's firing away, and then they show all the stormtrooper guys falling falling backwards it's it's a pretty fabulous moment for for Lubick. he does and he he, un- he unlocked the, ult- the unlimited ammo cheat because he never <laughs> runs out of ammo the entire scene yeah well love that's it. i mean and he got that shotgun from charlie's as you recall yeah. um by the way charlie's not messing around with the heat he's packing in his record shop it's like <laughs> it's like he just pulls out like a shotgun uh, if, if someone's trying to rob the record store you know he takes he takes his ray charles very seriously <laughs> don't you touch that hit the road jack <laughs> don't you you put put the david cassidy down uh so he may get the sword back he says his phrase he says you know his whole i i have the power of, does not sound is natural. that what he said because it's like yeah it sounds kind of weird it, yeah, it does not, the, most things don't sound natural coming out of dolph lundgren's voice or dolph lundgren's face oh which speaking speaking of He Man real quick, it was it was, it was it's, it's this point in the movie where I realized why they couldn't call this He Man or He Man the Master of the Universe. He's barely in this movie. 
Like I want to say he's like yeah. in less than fifty percent. The bulk of his stuff is towards the end of the movie. Like yeah, yeah. they should have called it Julie and Kevin. Julie and Kevin meet, meet the masters of the universe. <laughs> Julie and Kevin <laughs> featuring Gwildor. That's all. That's all. <laughs> featuring Gwildor. Julie and Kevin eat a bucket of chicken with the masters of the universe. <laughs> I like it. Let's do it. Chicken or chicken or adventures with Julie and Kevin. <laughs> the adventures of the adventures of. Chicken and chicken and rib buckets. Meet the mass of the universe and Julian Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> so many better titles. Uh, <laughs> but, so, you guys get the sword back, and this is immediately where you can tell, oh, oh, you ran out of budget here. Because the entire climax, like, he says, I had the power of the clash swords, and immediately all the lights shut off. The entire final mm-hmm. fight between He Man and Skeletor is in the dark. I don't know what's more disappointing, this or like the Obi Wan. Uh, Vader lightsaber scene in A New Hope. Hey, come on, that's super anticlimactic. Come on, that's well, that's not well, the not, that's not the climax. We'll talk about that. We we'll get to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> I, I will. I will. Know what I'm I, will saying, give, I will give any scene uh, from A New Hope an edge over this movie as much Aww. as I as as much as I uh, make as much as I love this movie that we're currently discussing. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. But I agree with your point that it is a bit stilted, Russell. Uh, that's, despite... that's the only thing, yeah. yeah well, especially yeah. if you look well, back now at the prequels, Revenge of the Sith, how do you top that? Like, Well, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the, the lightsaber fights nowadays uh, oh, are, are pretty really pretty cool. amazing. Well, well, um, but, but also, you know, they, they have the benefit. They, they at least shot with, like, the 60-year-old men here. They, they switch out uh, Frank Langella's stunt double for a stunt double. This even, is true. Even he's struggling in this costume. Yeah, he's still like barely moving from left to right. <laughs> and if Dolph were fighting with full force, he'd cut the guy in half. Oh, absolutely! absolutely. Like, like it, it wouldn't even be a contest. Um, but they, they, you know, they flash some red lights. They do some close-ups. They try, kind of. They, they yeah. do. They do try. Much like all canon products, they do fun. try. They try something. Yeah. Uh, He-Man beats Skeletor, sends him down the precipice. We see the slowest fall to death in movie history. Yeah. Like I, I wanted them to keep the movie going and, and occasionally keep him back to Skeletor when he's still falling. But remember, <laughs> they do this before Die Hard, though. So this is before Die Hard. Got to give them credit for the slow mo falling. <laughs> with, with a, yeah. With a Skeletor yeah. whose mouth isn't moving. Uh, Gruber does it obviously way better, but still. Well, they also dropped him on two. They didn't drop him on three. Oh yeah, I know. And <laughs> I mean, it's so, so brilliant. Like his face, just perfect. The point is, Skeletor, Skeletor is defeated. Uh, Tolkien, uh, Tolkien, Lubick found a lady. I don't know when. <laughs> you know, time to do this. I don't, I don't know who this person is. Maybe that's what the shock troopers look like underneath the costume. <laughs> they're, all, they're all, they're all hot. They're all he hot. Just, he just took a helmet off. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm hey, sorry. Hey, uh, I make good money around these parts. You wanna, <laughs> you wanna, wanna hook up? <laughs> Well, yeah. that, I love how Lubick looks like he's dressed for a Renaissance fair at the end too. Yeah, where did he get these right clothes? On the throne by the sorceress. I'm like, what is he doing up there? Does she make him an attorney and duke or something? <laughs> where did where did he get these clothes so fast? It's like, dude, you were expecting this, weren't you? He has no interest in going back to Earth. None, like, none. who knows if he has family? It's like, Forget you know, who, I, what family? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, so. They all, get their, they all get their power back. Julie, Julie is saved by the by Christ, Christina Pickles saves Julie, and they oh, decide to send gosh. him back. They decide to send him back to Earth, but not Earth as they know it. 
No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What are, what are they going to do? They send them back in time. Back in time. That would have come in handy. Yeah. You know, Wildor, uh, since you have a second cosmic key, pal, uh, why don't you go back and uh, not let Skeletor have the first cosmic key? <laughs> yeah, if, 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 if you could time travel this whole time, why have you not been time traveling? 15-minute film. This thing could have been like a sitcom. One episode like, done. The, the, the one where they meet He-Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, they, sent, they, sent her back, they sent him back to when, before Julie's parents died, the plane crashed, so that way she can save them. So remember, kids, if, you're, if, you're, if you have a family member that dies, just find a big, ambiguously gay <laughs> Renaissance medieval character. He'll solve your problems. Good to go. And, and then they live happily ever after. Or do they? Because this movie has a post credit scene. They cut to the water where Skeletor fell in. He gets up and he's like, I'll be back. Getting in one last ripoff. Can I tell you, I, the, the commentary was the first time I actually saw that scene. You've never seen it I'm before not even sh- I'm not even shitting him. No, because, like, I mean, bef- this is good to understand. Like, obviously, the MCU obviously perfected the art yeah. of, you know, post-credit scenes and stuff like that, or mid-credit, even, like, a mid-post-credit scene and stuff. I never, when it was over, it was over to me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And, and that in, gem. In, in the 80s and 90s, they were, they were like sneak attacks. Yeah. Skeletor will return in. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Yeah, but Skeletor did not return because they did not make a sequel to this movie. It's a shame. Uh, yeah, did, didn't do well. Box office made only seventeen million off a twenty-four million dollar budget. So even by canon, by canon standard, that's not good. But Adam and I would have been there. We we would have supported it. I'm sh- mm-hmm. you know, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to bet that they would have done Shira on the sequel. Have they have they got a sequel? Uh, well, I would have wanted to see more of the Rogues Gallery because honestly, like the original cartoon is silly as hell. But um, what they've done since with the, the the Cartoon Network series, this upcoming Kevin Smith series, and a lot of the comics, they've they've evolved the story so that like it moves on from the cheese and like they make it more interesting, and it doesn't need to take itself too seriously. But this movie didn't take anything seriously. <laughs> that's why it's so, that's why it's such a fun watch. That's why it, that's why it, it's successful on its to people up with it like me and russell because uh-huh. we know it's not good we know that uh, um oh, we're not trying to convince you trying to convince uh, uh the uninitiated that master of the universe is, a, is an unhidden un, unappreciated gem but okay. it is an interesting relic of its time uh, a failed movie of its time that um just has so many memorable scenes to it and it has a really good energy to it as well all right so uh yeah uh Adam, anything else? Anything else you want to say about Master of the Universe besides what you just said? Because Adam's gonna, Adam's gonna kind of call following that. I know you're. I know you're a follower of this movie. I want to see this in a theater eventually on midnight film. Sh- midnight showing, absolutely. Yeah, that, that would be a lot of fun with other uh, He-Man fans. Um, I I think that the legacy of this movie is is uh, you know um, that. It was it was kind of this unceremonious end to a very popular uh, franchise of its time, but I think it's endured because for those of us who grew up with it, there's a lot of iconography with uh, He-Man and the characters in it. Um, it's a very colorful, uh, interesting world, um, uh, and 
this movie doesn't convey that necessarily, but what I think it does do well is it it just it captures the fun of of uh, uh, the story, and it it has it because it rips off so many other things from '80s films. It by default has these scenes that are really enjoyable, like independent of the rest of the movie, that I think make it a very watchable film, even though it's bad. Yeah. Uh, so and and the score is good, and Frank Langella tries really hard, and Gwildor's hilarious. It's worth a watch. For sure. All right, uh, Russell. Anything? Any final thoughts on Match of the Universe? Far from a perfect movie. Uh, like Adam said, I mean, we grew up watching the cartoons and stuff like that. Like I said, I've been so removed from it, I don't even remember the cartoons, believe it or not. But um, it's fun. Like it, it, it's it's a slice of my childhood. I remember going to um, there was a hardware store that was actually a video store too, and I remember renting the movie there. I remember I love the the VHS box. I think that's way better than our clamshell DVD case. But who am I to judge? But um, like I said, it's just it's a fun film. It's far from perfect. Like we said, there's tons of like there's a ton of holes in the film, but. It's those callbacks to those different films. I think Adam is referring to, like you know, obviously your Back to the Future, your Star Wars, your different films that really kind of drove this whole entire uh, film. And I just, it's it's fun. It's 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 far from a perfect film, but it's it's still fun. Yeah. And I think I think it holds a place uh, for people who grew up watching things like Conan the Barbarian and Beastmaster as well. I I, I I've always kind of kept it in my mind with those kind of movies, even though it's got a sci-fi twist to it. And I couldn't imagine watching it like, like, kind of like Chance and like the newer, you know, the newer age of uh, film watchers and stuff like that. I can't imagine how you would take that because you, I mean, you've seen so much, um, you know, with special effects like Avatar, just like just the, you know, the, the whole entire maturation of the whole entire special effects. You know what I mean? Uh, so I can only imagine people now probably think it's completely cheesy, but yeah, it's far from perfect. It's aged horribly, but it's still fun. But I think it's a lot more fun to watch this than like Superman three or four or yeah. Supergirl. Like, sorry, Super yeah. franchise. Those three are bad. Um, yeah. It's a lot more fun to watch than. Um, uh, actually, I lost. I, I forgot the other one. But those three Super movies, like all in yeah. the same decade, this one I think is a lot more rewatchable. Oh yeah, sure. I, I agree. Someone had to watch like all those movies for IG studying. I'd ra- probably rather watch this. <laughs> <laughs> this is at least like weird and dumb that I could laugh at it. Uh, I think if you like Flash Gordon, you'll have fun with this movie. I think I think they're kind of similar. Yeah, except you know one can. No, I'm not gonna say one can speak and one can't because Sam Jones maybe maybe can talk, maybe can't. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I could. say I could say I had fun watching. I'm not gonna say the good movie. I could say I had fun watching this. I'm actively dreading the day you actually win, Adam, and you get this in IG. Because I it's gonna happen. Then I gotta take detailed notes on it. So if, I can't believe Waterworld made this into IG, made it into IG before Masters Universe. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a that's a travesty for sure. Yeah, well, Kevin has an unnatural not Kevin, but PJ has an unnatural obsession with that movie, and Kevin Costner. <laughs> um, but that's gonna do it for our review of Match of the Universe. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, anything you want to uh, plug before we head out? Uh, just, um, you know, I play in the Schmodown, uh, along with Chance here, um, and a match that got a little overshadowed recently was the Horror Exhibition, currently available on Skybound's network and the Expo, but it will be clipped out on the Schmodown channel before too long, and I just encourage people to seek it out, because it's a good match, and hopefully an indicator that if we don't get a horror division in the Schmodown, we'll at least have, keep maintaining this unofficial horror division. Uh, check it out, it's a good match. 
All right. Uh, Russ, you want to give our plug before we head out? Yeah, you guys can find us on Facebook, Notorious by Chance is the Facebook group. Uh, we obviously didn't put a poll up this week because we had brought you this special 1987 uh, film. But uh, we'll be putting uh, the new poll up with the uh, 25th anniversary film. So we're going to take a look at movies from the year 1996. Uh, we have five gems. I think it'll be kind of fun to see which wins. I, I'm banking on this one to win, but we'll see what happens. You guys can also find us on YouTube, Notorious by Chance is the channel. Um, we just put up a video a couple weeks ago that we talked about the NFL draft before the actual draft day, kind of give our thoughts on what each of the 32 teams or the the teams that we're drafting into 32 spots should go after. So that's a fun, uh, fun conversation. Uh, and also, you guys can find us uh, with put more content out. Like, obviously, with the restrictions lifting and movies coming out now, uh, post-COVID here, we'll be putting up more content. So go ahead and stay tuned for that. You can find me Twitter and Instagram at ChanceWars underscore 91. I don't really have anything to plug that they didn't already. But thank you for listening. Uh, and, yeah, next week we'll be looking at movies of 1996, Anniversary 25. That's going to be an interesting one. So uh, that's Russell. Once again, thanks to Adam. And we will see you next week.